My name is Angelo, and welcome to We Want Picks. Jacob, his favorite fight in the card dropped. He's in a miserable mood, but we're going to try to pull him out of that gutter, and we're going to break down the entire UFC 288 fight card, giving you our picks, our predictions, our bets, and our DraftKings plays. Very quickly, we're coming off a very successful UFC Woo! Vegas 72. That'll Jacob's get, up money. Be going. There you go. See Jacob's up money. I'm up money. Jacob's Lock of the Week hit third in a row. The uh, prize picks hit. Underdog Fantasy hit. The safety parlay hit. Everything did pretty well at UFC Vegas 72. And on the right, you're going to see the safety parlay is up 6.7 units in 2023 alone. It hits at a 70% rate. So if you're a premium member for $10 a month, you don't need to do a single thing other than you scared the shit out of me. She's just standing right next to me. I fed him. Appreciate you. Oh, my God. I mean, big pay-per-view, 288. (laughs) This is going to have extra views on it, and the video's fucking ruined. Dude, I'm going through, and you you just sense somebody's in the room, and Tiffany's just standing there. She's still there. Get out of here. No, she left. Anyway. That's what I thought. It hits at a 70% clip, so if the only thing you ever did was log in, look at the safety parlay, tail it, it's not going to hit every single week, but it will hit 70% of the time and do more than cover that premium membership at wewantpicks.com. This is what pay-per-views have looked like for Jacob and I. Overall, as a channel, we are way up on the year. Pay-per-view specifically, I like to highlight because... That's when a lot of people come out of the woodwork. A lot of people only watch the pay-per-view. So they show up, they watch these videos, they want to know how we've done. UFC 287, um, Jakey Woo! Boyd went went down was my in flames. Was that my yeah, fault? Yeah, I was, I was up units at UFC 287 and you were down like What about 18. the last three on, in green there? I think that was my fault too, so it all evens um, And then you are Jakey, Jakey Boy. Jakey Boy is a feast or famine kind of guy. Anyway... I don't think for, I don't think this is going to be a normal pay per view for me as far as because usually like on two eighty six or I mean two eighty seven I think I had almost three thousand dollars or thirty <laughs> units on that card alone I think this one I'm gonna be a little bit a little bit more tame I, I hear you overall we do very well on pay per views there's been one two three four five pay per views on the year lost money on two made good money on three of them overall things are well on these pay per views twenty three percent net profit for those events and if you want some money speaking of profit i'll line your pockets i will send you 50 dollars. the only thing you need to do is go to we slash bets we have four different betting partners use our link to sign up with any one of them and i'll send you 50 bucks as a thank you it's really that simple just sign up using our link make a deposit and we send you 50 bucks cash app paypal venmo however you want that shame, it's affiliate uh, marketing yeah, it's a shame bryce can't use that huh He's gonna need he might need He's that 50 need he might now. need that yeah. 50 bucks he might need that 50 bucks but that's affiliate market they're gonna pay us they're gonna say thank you and I'm gonna take a piece of that and give it back to you because regardless of how you feel about me I'm here out here looking out for the community oh. I'm the, we're the only people giving you money who else is giving away money for the support everybody else is like please do this and nothing in return I'm saying hey do this and I'll and I'll thank you with a couple of bucks 50 in fact we talk a lot about the bets it's not just copy paste bets we also have incredible tools and information to help you find your spots, including the Line Movement Tracker. Two people this week have massive line movement. Parker Porter, plus 148 to minus 180. Woo! That's a ridiculous one. Atta boy, Parker. Kennedy and Chuck, who has Truck very, shuffle, very... Baby. Kennedy and Chuck, who has very, 
very similar line movement as well. So a couple of wild swings on this card. You can see all of that at weonpicks.com when you're a premium member. We also have data, metrics, Holy analytics, shit, 38 this just doesn't columns. Stop. No, this is a uh, infomercial. You don't complain when I pay you occasionally. Well. Yeah, it was it took a while for that. Yeah. That was my 50. I got my $50, guys. <laughs> we want picks.com. Sign up, become a member. It's freaking $10 a month. The amount of value that you get is absolutely. Go find somebody else that has anything like this. And uh, we'll go ahead and add some features for you. We want picks.com. Click become a member. It's $10 a month. We now accept oh, credit cards. Oh, God. Another slide. That's it. Let's go ahead and break down these cards. You know what I'm disappointed about? First of all, we have the best graphics in the game, period. Nobody had graphics. Actually, Fight Night Picks had graphics. We have graphics better than theirs, in my opinion. Then nobody Ooh. else had graphics. There, there have been people that have been doing this for five years. No graphics whatsoever. They saw our success. In two years, we're almost at 13,000 subscribers with 2,000 premium members. In two years, they're over there. They saw that. They're like, okay, let me let me try to take what works. They're putting up graphics. I swear to God, it looks like my daughter did them in Microsoft Paint. We have the best graphics on the planet. Do this they have story, Microsoft Paint anymore? Those graphics, according to those graphics, they do. The point of this was, I was very disappointed in this week's graphics because anytime the UFC travels, I use the state flag oh, as the yeah, backdrop. Look, I was wondering what the fuck that was. The New Jersey state flag is some orange turd. It sucks. Yeah, I've never seen that before in my life. No, it sucks. It sucks. I wanted some real color, some pop. When they were in Miami, that was a nice backdrop. I actually thought it was nice, just gold colorful. like you did like the pay-per-view. Like I switch all the thumbnails to gold, you know, like that no. and stuff like that. But No, it's a stupid, it's their stupid Jersey flag. It sucks. I haven't done the graphics yet for UFC Charlotte, but let's hope they got some better colors. Anyway, let's go ahead and break down this card. Opening up, UFC 288, we have Daniel Santos taking on Johnny Munoz Jr., former lock of the week. What an embarrassing lock of the week that was. Why Daniel Santos. Daniel Santos with a little bit more respect and call him by his name. Oh, uh, what is it? Willie Cat, baby. Yeah, Willie, what is it? Yeah. Willie Cat, baby. <laughs> anyway, Daniel Santos, 10 and 2 overall, 3 and 2 in his last five. He is coming off his first. UFC win. He's taking on Johnny Munoz Jr. He's 12-2 overall, 3-2 in his last five as well, alternating wins and losses. And Daniel Santos, I compared him to basically Charles Oliveira. He's an old-school shoot-a-box kind of guy. He is that, that violent-style striker who plots forward real tight hands. He hits the pocket. He explodes with power and speed. But he also gets dropped. And exactly like Charles Oliveira, he pops right back up. Like nothing happened, it's, and then it's goes remarkable. to work. It's remarkable. <laughs> it really is remarkable. Because Charles will lay on his back for a little bit, but Santos is just whoop. It's like nothing ha- It's almost yeah. like he, it's all just trips. It's like nothing happens. He pops right back up. But he's got really solid BJJ from bottom. My only issue with his BJJ is old school. It's like 1996 BJJ where he'll play mm. that game. He'll throw up arm bars. He'll play that game instead of just creating a scramble and getting the hell out of there. So you get a good wrestler could hold Daniel Santos down, but... I don't see that happening here because we got Johnny Munoz Jr. He is a BJJ black belt. He's got decent striking. He does throw everything with 100% intent, but the striking is a little sloppy and it's really there just to get those takedowns. His takedowns are not great. He does average two per fight, but only has a 25% accuracy. But what I do really like about him is his grappling fight IQ. In his last fight, you see him in scrambles 
and he's working, and it was uh, actually with Ludovic Shalinian. He's working through that scandal. He was about to be put on his back, and instead of sticking with it, he said, forget it, abandon the entire thing, and stood up. And that's just really solid fight IQ, like knowing when to bail. And actually, as a wrestling coach on the side of the mat, we're yelling bail all the time. Oh, Hanging on coach. to something too long. Um, well, once mm. a coach, always a coach kind of thing. Mm. I was a coach too, yeah. so. Okay, of what sport? Gender uh, and sport. Most, I would yeah, like. I would most, like gender. I would and say sport, one please. of the most demanding sports on earth is what I would say. Okay, so I please the gender and the sport. It's tough. It's a tough. I mean, it really is a tough one. It is so tough okay. that a lot of you have to wear padding while you play it, and it's not football. Uh, live chat. Why don't you vote and what you think he coached? And uh, if he doesn't let you know, I will. Anyway, I think Daniel Santos <laughs> wins this fight. It is a little bit of a tough call. Because Daniel Santos is going to have the very, very clear striking advantage. Johnny will probably have a little bit of a wrestling advantage. The raw BJJ should be about equal, except Daniel Santos might be playing around trying to get submissions while Johnny's going to be on top getting work done. I do think Daniel Santos is going to get it done. Uh, I think he's going to come forward, bomb away. We've seen Johnny Munoz get put out. Daniel Santos is the type of guy that can do that. So I do think Daniel Santos will get this done He's absolutely the pick, and I like him uh, in this fight. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Uh, I think you still need a uh, mouse pad. And people that are saying chess is actually pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Girls' chess club is a, is a pretty funny. But you don't have to wear you don't have to wear armor in uh, in that. It was high school women's bas- or women's uh, volleyball. They wear knee pads because it's a very dangerous sport. So. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Women are athletes fuck, too, Angelo. What a fucking stupid sport for a dude to coach. Well, women's women are athletes too, and I support I support women in general. I mean, in, in athletics, in, in politics, in 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 the workplace. I, I am a fighter for equality. I am a fighter for um, you know the gla- breaking that equality. that glass ceiling. I, I am against all sexual assaults. <laughs> I I you know I am just a cheerleader. Four women, and that's who I am, and I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, sad to say it. Why don't you uh, cheer your way into who you think wins this fight? Women make the world more beautiful. I couldn't say any better myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm like, like you said, Johnny Munoz Jr., former lock of the week. I, my lock of the weeks, I know better than most people. I, I guarantee I know Johnny Munoz Jr. better than anyone that's going to watch this video. And let me tell you, on the ground, dangerous dude. Angelo nailed it. He's he's very knowledgeable on the ground. He knows where to be, where not to be, and he's very dangerous in the jiu-jitsu game. The issue is Willie Cat is also very dangerous and knows what he's doing on the ground too, and I believe that Willie Cat is a better wrestler than Johnny Munoz as well. He wanted to kind of show that off in his last fight. He had a couple takedowns and then this and that, but I think if he wants to shoot offensive takedowns, I think he can stay safe versus Johnny Munoz Jr., but he should keep this standing because his striking advantage in this fight is, is, is way way above that of Johnny Munoz Jr. Johnny Munoz Jr. is a, a jiu-jitsu nerd. That's what he wants to do. He wants to be on the ground. And yes, he has this kind of rangy striking. He looked good in his last fight because that guy was just a an all-in wrestler, basically, that just kind of isn't a good striker, just kind of wants to throw power. So Johnny was able to do in and out and stuff. But when you see somebody get in his face and kind of blitz him with shots, he is kind of just head back, eyes closed, and let me just get the hell out of there. He does not like pressure in his face. And that's exactly how Willie Cat fights. And Willie Cat will get in your face and throw power and when he lands shots he will absolutely drop Johnny Munoz Jr. who when he was my lock of the week was the most embarrassing lock of the week of all time <laughs> got hit by a one inch punch by Tony Gravely Tony Gravely threw it from here 
Land it to here and put him completely out. Willie Cat can do the exact same thing. The pressure's going to be too much in the striking. Johnny Munoz Jr. is uh, this is one of my higher plays on the card in Willie Cat for sure. And the uh, premium members know that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I hear you. Johnny Munoz Jr., a bit of a, a, bit of a dud. Uh, you got quite a bit going on. Uh, for premium, I don't mean bit of a dud. That's actually not true. He's yeah, that was a little sl- bit disrespectful. He's pretty, he's pretty slick on the ground, um, and he does have power in his hands. But I do think the technical striking of Daniel Santos and the power, the wildness, I do think that's going to be the difference here. So uh, we're both on the Daniel Santos side. I think eighty four hundred dollars is a great price point because um, I, I think he can win by finish. And at eighty four hundred dollars, that's that's really solid value in DraftKings. You're gonna throw him in your lineup, Jakey boy. Uh, yeah. And I got that uh-huh. line. If premium members, I got that line. I mean, I'll tell you, I put a money line bet on him. I got it for minus one thirty-seven for Willie Cat on Sunday. That's why you got to become a premium member. Link your Discord. Get the alert. Yeah, for some reason, when I so I updated the line movement here. Best fight odds showed it at minus one seventy open, but Bet Online did have it earlier for a much lower number. So I don't know where Bet Online got that from, but or uh, Best Fight Odds. It was one forty-seven. I. Yeah. I think I said 37, but it was one. Yeah, and you posted in the Discord, so no big deal. Anyway, uh, we're both on the same side here. If you want to check out the line movement tracker, all of Jacob's bets, my bets, Artem's bets. There's a huge 1FC event this weekend as well. Artem has a full breakdown for that. All of it is at a premium membership at weonpicks.com. Just click become a member. It's only $10 a month. Did you miss those earlier? Donations? I missed all the donations. Let's go ahead and hit those now. Because Gabe, I had a, I think I got nice it all, message. baby. Oh, there Gabe, we go. It says Gabe, re- retracted on uh, YouTube. I don't know why. So thank God you still have it. He sucked his money back. Uh, Ten dollars from Gabe Gordon Jacob. Your locks of the week are one hundred percent with a fire emoji. Thank you very much, Gabe Gordon. Three in a row. Two of them were plus one seventy, plus one eighty. Those are phenomenal numbers. We got a good one this week too. Last Quint- second change. <laughs> Quint Lazenby up 50 units in April. Premium pace for itself. Congratulations, Quint. Yeah, happy it's, about time to, Quint. it's about time to update those units. Well, I've been fun. saying that because you say it every week. Well, I can't wish a guy happy birthday. What's wrong with no. That? Um, but you should up your units. If you're up 50, your units should be fluid. Uh, and then we have another one. Scroll my way down. Bing, bing, bong, bing. We up. have... 299 from Giddy Up. Y'all ain't watching the Knicks right now? No. And then, uh, the thank you very Knicks. much. Are you a Knicks Phantom, fan? me? Uh, I, I wasn't, hate the Knicks. Oh I wasn't really a huge God. basketball fan. I've seen some Knicks games, oh obviously. Oh, my God, because I'm obviously a Pacers fan in those 90s series. Holy shit. John Starks and Charles Oakley. I hear you. Patrick Ewing, but a piece of shit. Congratulations. Uh, CHF 690 from Phantom. I don't know what that is, but thank you very much. So no fight companion this weekend because Angelo finally managed to make Jacob feel guilty about not spending time with him. That's exactly what happened. Thank you for the CHF. A lot of crying on the phone the other night from Angelo. I mean, he was like, everything I do for you and why don't you love me and this and that and I do everything (laughs) for you and you just I make good money. Yeah, that was the, that was the last draw. That was the one that Angela was like, "I make good money. I don't know why I make so much money." I was like, "Whoa, yeah. I didn't it's, know I, that." You know, let me uh, like, let me head like over it. and see what that's all about. You gotta buy your friends. You buy your like friends. I said, we hungry. <laughs> you know what that's from? No, you should. Okay, I think it's too fast, too furious. Tyrese is talking oh. to that guy. Like I said, we hungry. 
Okay. Next up at UFC 288, we have Jacob's biggest fan, Joseph Holmes, taking on Claudio Ribeiro. Joseph Holmes is 8-3 and three overall, 3-2 three and two in his last five. He's coming off that submission loss to Jun Young Park. He's taking on Claudio Ribeiro. <laughs> Who's ten, and, ten? I'm surprised you didn't wear that hat. Who's ten and three overall? Four and one in his. Go get that hat right now. Four and one in his last five. Get the tweet up right now. That's what I was doing. Four. You should wear the hat because we tweet these at the fight. Yeah, you can't really. You can't really. All right, well, four and one in his last five, coming off a KO loss in his UFC debut. Joseph Holmes is massive. The dude is six four, eighty inch reach, but he doesn't really use his reach that well. He can be a low volume guy. Uh, but when he does engage, he likes to stick and move until he can sort of wrap you up, drag you to the ground. On the ground, he's a solid brown belt. He controls pretty well. And I mentioned he's coming off that loss to Jun Young Park where he actually looks solid on his feet but just had nothing to offer after getting taken down. He's, he's taking on his Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have screenshots true? of it? Oh, my God. If he actually deleted Twitter or maybe he's got me blocked. Imagine he has me blocked. He might have you blocked. Claudio Ribeiro is an insanely powerful striker. He can put you out with his hands while marching forward and just bombing away. You'd think you could take him down, but he actually has decent takedown defense and really doesn't care if you're going to shoot on him. He's the epitome. I've said this every time we break him down. He's the epitome of implementing his game plan. He's not worried about what you're going to do. He's worried about what he's going to do, and that's come forward and throw absolute bombs. He has really good hips to defend against takedowns, and then if he does get taken down, he works his way back to his feet pretty quickly. He is coming off that loss to Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, where he looked actually good. He had fast like, everything he did was fast. He was powerful. He had great low kicks. Ultimately, and his takedown defense ultimately you know, held up, but ultimately he was put out by an incredibly hard hitter. Joseph Holmes is not that incredibly hard hitter. Uh, Joseph is long. He's lanky. His only path to victory here is going to be to close the distance, avoid the power, and drag Claudio to the ground. And if he's able to do that, he can win this fight. I just don't see him being able to do that. If Claudio had wrestling in his back pocket... I actually would load up on this dude, but he doesn't have it. And there is a world where he's just sort of taken down and leaned on. I don't really see it happening though. I think Claudio is going to get it done, but Joseph Holmes is, he's tougher than Jacob is about to make him sound. And Jacob, why don't you go ahead and give him the background? Uh, yeah. So before his last fight in that breakdown of the Jun Young Park fight, I basically said that both these guys are not at the level of everyone else. I use the word sucks, right? But I say everyone sucks. If you're in the Discord, me, I'm like, oh, Leon, this guy sucks, this guy sucks. So I was like, these guys suck. I, you know, it is what it is. And I didn't even say it specifically about him. I did pick against him, obviously. So I was like, he sucks worse than this guy, but they both kind of <laughs> suck. So, he, and obviously you post this to Twitter and you tag all the fighters because we're not trying to hide anything from anyone. And uh, he responded. And a lot of fighters respond all the time. Like Cody Durden said, Jacob, I'm, I'm going to make you eat your words against Mato. I mean, there's, we had a lot of responses, both good and bad. But this is the first time a, uh, I got threatened by a fighter. He said, tell your boy, Jacob, yeah, I will beat you up as disrespectful as you're being, kiddo. He doesn't need to be on any podcast. Not because his opinion, but because, every, because everyone has one. But 
the was he's choosing to talk about people putting their entire lives on the line to do this. So he kind of messed up the grammar there a little bit. But basically, he said, yeah, he's going he's gonna to beat this shit out of me um, for, for saying that he sucked. And then what happened was he went out there and just completely sucked. I mean, he had a little bit of success in the first round, but then he gets absolutely finished in that fight, only backing up my claim in that breakdown. So in this breakdown, I'm going to say the same thing. I think this guy is not on the UFC-type level. He is a long, rangy striker that can do some things on the ground, but he doesn't have the explosion, the speed, or the athleticism in this fight that he's going to need against Claudio because Claudio will swing for the goddamn fences, and Joseph Holmes is not quick enough in his footwork or his head movement to avoid those shots. He's going to get cracked, and if he can survive and maybe it goes to the ground, he can win a scrambler. There is, I agree with you, there is a, a path to victory for Joseph in the fight. He needs to find a way to get on top and get the back and, and grapple Claudio, but I think Claudio's going to be way too quick He's going to see some telegraph shots from Joseph and have a, uh, a big right hand or a big left hand waiting. That dude swings. <laughs> that dude, yeah, he's a little bit terrifying when he starts swinging those fists around. And uh, I think he's going to knock Joseph Holmes out. Yeah, he's super dangerous. People keep asking what the hat says. Jacob took that tweet. Yeah, yeah, and screenshot then screen that tweet and, it on put a hat. It, and put it on a hat. So it's literally, it's literally just this tweet right there. And then I just, I literally just put it on the tweet. You can see the tweet there. Yeah, we got it. No. And I mean, to threat, I mean, yeah, you're going to beat me up. You're, I would hope so. You're a professional fighter. It's like, what kind of threat? It's like, what kind of threat is that? I'm going to beat you up. Yeah, that's what you trained to do. I'm like, I played golf my whole life. What do you, you, you want from me? I mean, the kid teaches girls volleyball. But I do have that snap, man. I'm, you get me, I'll fuck him up on the volleyball court. I'll fuck, I'll fuck him no, up. No, you on, won't. He's 6'4". You're 5'7". I don't shit. On a girl's net, I'll fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. on a girl's exactly. net because that's all I played on because I, I would scrimmage the girls and stuff in practice so yeah. girls net I used to when I would go up and block when I because I can jump pretty high I don't know if I can anymore but I could I could dunk um, back in the day but when I would jump I would get my face hit when they would spike awesome we're both on the Claudio Ribeiro side you're going to spend the $8,900 in DraftKings um, Spitefully there's a, lot, there's a lot of people that I like in DraftKings So we'll, ha we'll see how that plays out um, Obviously I've been having some great success In DraftKings lately Won our league three weeks in a row um, Looking fantastic doing it as well So we'll see how it plays out Yeah I don't know if I am going to spend it I do think Claudio Ribeiro wins And certainly if he wins he's going to spend or He's going to earn a ton of points But I, I am a little nervous here I'm not all in on Claudio Ribeiro Hence no bets on him I'm just sort of just sort of leaving this one alone because I do um, think Joseph Holmes is better than you are making him sound. So, yeah. Anyway, if you want to see all the stuff that Jacob did out of spite, check out WeWantPicks.com. Become a premium member. You unlock the picks, the bets, the DraftKings optimizer, the DraftKings ownership, which we literally have the best ownership in the game. All the things for only $10 an entire month. And a month includes all the events. WeWantPicks.com. Just click become a member. It is a great mustache, though. I will give him that. It is a great mustache. We have a two ninety nine from Giddy Up, and he said, "You see embedded? What the f was that on Bryce's shoulder?" I don't know, shoulder? but I hope. I pray to God he's okay. I hope that fight doesn't get canceled because he's <laughs> he's my lock of the week. A little spoiler there, but I hope that fight doesn't get canceled. Holy shit! Imagine because last week I had Pete Rodriguez and that got canceled. Remember when we had like three weeks in a row with lock of the week fight kept dropping? Imagine if the Bryce Mitchell fight dropped. Could you imagine if that if that dropped? That would suck. I would. I couldn't. Even, I wouldn't be able to believe it. I wouldn't believe it. 
because he is well, my lock of the week. So I, if, if, if it drops, I'm going to be absolutely heartbroken. I just hope if it drops, it's before you like edit a whole video about it. Right. Yeah. Because I, I did. Really... I worked hard on the Bryce Mitchell montage today. Kid Rock music, all the highlights, uh, went into the deep dive of how he's just going to steamroll Evolove. So if that fight drops, I'm going to be heartbroken. Yeah. I mean, we'll see in a couple of slides here what happens, but I think you're good. I think you're good. <laughs> everyone, everyone's like, it did it cancel. Yeah, I know. I was just joking, guys. Jesus. Thank you, though. <laughs> Holy shit. Next up at UFC 288, we have Zalgas Zumagulov coming out of his fake retirement to take on Rafael Estevam. Zal, did you laugh at that? No, I got I mean, we even got a donation out of it. Bryce is out. Dollar night. Guys, I know. I know. I promise I know. <laughs> I've, I've been very annoyed about him. Well, Zalgas Zumagulov is 14-8 and eight overall, 1-4 in his last five, coming off two controversial split decisions in a row, and that is going to be a theme here. He's taking on Rafael Estevam, 11-0. He's undefeated in his career with seven stoppages. Zalgas Zumagulov, he's just a grinder. He's not dangerous at anything, but he's going to come forward. He's going to grind. He's going to throw a bunch of punches. He does have some okay power. He's got very good wrestling. His goal is always to crowd you, drag you to the ground if he can. And the stats are deceiving because he does average a little more than one takedown per fight, but his percentage is ridiculous. It's 19% accuracy. I mention this every time we break down a fighter that's similar, right? Good amount of takedowns, really piss poor takedown percentages. That's just indicative of a chain wrestler, right? He's going to miss the first takedown, miss the second, but he's just going to stick with it, stick with it, stick with it, and eventually get those takedowns. And I think that's why judges hate his guts because this guy comes forward with relentless pressure, doesn't stop, and he just keeps getting screwed in his decisions. This guy is 1-5 in five in the UFC, four of those being stupid close decisions. And if you just look at the stats, if you go, if you look at the stats of those fights, he's out striking people, like n just numbers-wise, out striking people, getting takedowns, getting control time. And to the cherry on the top of this poor guy's career, he's coming off like that. Uh, no cherry for me. Coming Extra off that. Cream. Split decision loss to Charles Johnson, where he had power, he had aggression, his oh, striking stats were better, had a takedown. Do you know what the live odds were at the end of the third round? Like the fight closed, what the well, live odds were? I mean, I've seen, we've seen some wild live odds, but um, no. Minus 1,200 for Zalgas, and he lost a split decision. The judges hate this guy they hate him i think it's because he does look desperate like he just dives at legs and like it he does look he gives everything, off well, desperate yeah, I was gonna say, everything he does almost looks like a little frantic i would say yeah like no, even I, in I his striking and his even his like defensive striking everything looks a little bit like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just did that stupid face and i looked at his graphic anyway He's taking on Rafael Estevam, and like Zalgas, he's a high-pressure guy. He's going to come forward. He's going to throw bombs, close the distance. He has no issues marching forward, just absolutely bombing, and then looking for takedowns. His takedowns are sloppy, right? They're trips, they're drags. He's not really shooting doubles. He's just trying to get you against the cage and hopefully pull you to the ground. But once you are down, he does do an amazing job of just softening you. He will lay into you to like loosen you up, get you to move, and then try to pounce on a submission. Great back control, super dangerous guy. I've got to lean Estevam here. I've, I've got to pick him. But man, I'm not touching this at all because 
you might get some like solid judges here because Zalgas is super tough, right? He's got that one knockout. New Jersey that judges. Was a- When's the last time they had a UFC event? This is gonna decision fights are gonna get wild, man. I mean, that could be, and this this is most likely going to be a decision because Zalgas is super tough. Rafael Estevam coming in UFC debut, he might have an adrenaline dump. Like things may you know things may happen for him here, but uh, it's gonna be interesting to see. Uh, what happens, how it happens. Esteban will be the pick because he's going to be younger, fresher. And frankly, if you remember, I made that joke in the beginning, Zalgas retired. He lost to Charles Johnson. He's like, F this sport, F the judges. I keep getting screwed. I want nothing to do with this. I'm out of here. And then here he is just a few months later. So I think they're just in different career trajectories, different headspaces. I feel bad for Zalgas. He goes out there, puts, does everything he can to win these fights, but hasn't gone his way. And this one probably doesn't either, but no bet for me. What do you think, Jakey? Yeah, I mean, that breakdown pretty much sums up everything I was going to say. And I will say that that Rafael, that picture does not do him justice because he looks a little bit softer. That dude is not soft. That dude is is, is ripped up. He's cut up. He's aggressive. I actually think his takedowns are a little bit better than you do, and that's how he's going to win this fight, right? He's going to push forward. And Zalgas, to his credit, is good when he is moving forward, and he has to be moving forward in this fight because if he is backing up, he is susceptible to being taken down. Now, he does try to work back to his feet. A lot of times he does get back to his feet, but against Rafael, he's just so strong and, as you mentioned, so good in those controlled top positions that I I think that's how he wins the fight. I agree. I think this is a decision fight. New Jersey, New Jersey judges. Who knows what's going to happen? But I think Rafael is going to be the one pushing the pressure, getting the takedowns, and making Zalgus work. So yes, Zalgus, honestly, is probably the better overall fighter. He's very good everywhere, as you mentioned. Decent power in his hands has the has the aggression, but he can get outworked at times. And I think Rafael is a guy that's going to push the pace, push the pressure, and we'll see if maybe Rafael's gas tank gives up. And then Zalgus comes in late second round with the pressure, wins the third round, and now all of a sudden we have one of those weird decisions that Zalgus might lose again. So I feel bad for Zalgus. He's a very well-rounded fighter. He could have been a guy in this division, but, I mean, he's about to be cut if he loses this one, unfortunately. You just can't keep a guy like that. Yeah, you can't. He ain't Sam Alvey, baby. Well, and that's the thing, because he's not entertaining. Um, he works. I, I do. I feel bad for him because a couple of those calls were screw jobs. Like his last fight was a straight up screw job. Like he absolutely. I mean, the live odds were minus twelve hundred. Anyway, DraftKings eighty three hundred to seventy nine. I'm not touching the eighty three because while Esteban should win this fight, Zalgas is tough. He's not a guy you're just gonna get out of there. So and and Esteban doesn't have that one punch knockout power. Could like be, he, I mean, he could rattle up seven, eight takedowns because Zalgas is that, good I mean, enough that to get back possible. to his feet. You know. Especially that early, is it could be just boom, 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 and those add up quick. So, well, Something he had four. Consider. He had four takedowns in his contender series fight, so that is a good point, and that is possible there. So, um, yeah, I mean, an eighty-three hundred. You know what? I'm, I'm flipping. You're gonna put he him in. He probably. Well, I didn't consider the takedown. Uh, you're kind of a mess now. I've I've won three weeks in a row, and you're kind of you're second guessing yourself. You don't know what's going on. You're trying to make deposits and won't let me make any more deposits. It's like you've made too many know. deposits. I don't, I don't. You literally went from. Hey, I'm not playing this week. I'm out of money. Then you made a deposit, and you've hit this incredible run. So good what are you for talking you. out of money? <laughs> Get the fuck <laughs> okay. out of here. Are you kidding me? And what are Jacob's talking about me? is our friends' DraftKings league. It's just a couple of us, a couple of us fellas, versus each other. But if you want to, you you want to be friends with us, we'll consider it. Uh, premium members only, and to become a premium matter, matter. Just go to wewantpicks.com, click become a member. It's $10 a month. You'll unlock literally everything. It's also just a great way to show support, frankly. And um, we're going to do tons of giveaways and cool stuff. I'm still waiting on pricing for a very big event here in Dallas. Ooh. We don't have that pricing yet. Once we have that pricing, 
we're going to most likely, I got to see the pricing, host an event and give away one or two tickets to premium members. Obviously, we'll be in Dallas. You got to figure that part out, but it will be worth your while. I just, just wait for that freaking pricing. Anyway, we own picks.com $10 a month to become a premium member. And we have that $1.99 from John Doe letting you know that Bryce is out. Thank you very much for the $1.99. But he That's a great again. Yep. And Bryce is back in. He's back, He's baby. He did it. He did it. Jacob, your woes, your woes are gone. Your woes are gone. And Phil Lover in Dallas. Phil Lover, f- huh? Yep. Anyway. Next up, at UFC 288, we have American wrestler Phil Hawes taking on Russian wrestler Ikram Iliskirov. Phil Hawes, 12-4 and four overall. Five. Three and two in his last five. What is going What? I read the wrong thing. Coming off that loss to Roman Delidze, he's taking on Ikram Eliskrov. It's a battle of the nations, Jacob. This is America versus Russia. Well, wrestler versus fight. wrestler. Who's the better wrestler? It should have been the Bryce fight. Well, that's you know, gone. Arkansas wrestling is better than whatever the hell Phil Hall <laughs> Yeah, <is>. sure. <laughs> they're, they're, they're. So anyway. Junior Ikram, high wrestling that Phil Hawes has, whatever that is. Elise Kirov, 13-1 overall. He is 5-0 in his last five. His one and only loss in his career is to Hamzat Shemaev, which people love commenting. Dude, his only loss is to Hamzat. It's like, well, it's a loss, right? And he got yeah, finished. Yeah, I was going to say it wasn't like a back and forth. <laughs> it wasn't a back and forth affair. It was like a, what, a knockout in a minute 30 or something like that. Yeah, no, people love saying this guy's a beast. He lost Just to Hamzat. You, that's a, that is funny <laughs> okay. when people like fight good people. It's like, he's fought this and this and this. It's like, if it's not a close fight, then who gives a shit? He got finished by Hamzat. But anyway, he actually is very good. Ikram is a Russian wrestler. uh, And he fights, you look at that beard, all beard, no mustache. You know exactly how this dude is going to fight. And that's how he fights. He's a phenomenal wrestler. He's going to come forward, do everything possible to get those takedowns. Constant body locks, tie-ups, shots. When he gets you to the ground, he is impossible to shake. He's just going to latch onto you. He's really hard to get off. Um, his striking is just okay. He's got just a real high guard, but he does have really nice long kicks, and he'll throw like a flying knee out of nowhere. He did it like he's, a Power Ranger. <laughs> dude, my kids have been. My, <laughs> my kids are obsessed. My youngest will rock around going morphin time and then just do some stupid. They know Power Rangers, cuts. really? That's still a thing? It is. It's made a full comeback. They just came out with a new Power Rangers movie with the original cast, oh, minus the red shit. one, because he's in prison for PPP. I fraud. thought one just died. No, he's in prison for PPP I fraud. I thought a Power Ranger just died. Or died no, he's in late. prison for PPP fraud. I'm pretty sure one died. I saw, like, yeah. rest in peace stuff. Well, for his asshole. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Phil Hawes. <laughs> Phil Hawes is a phenomenal wrestler, phenomenal athlete. He's powerful he's explosive both with his striking and his grappling and his striking continues to improve we're gonna talk oh he's got no chin he's got no chin i i get it i get it the dude's been knocked out he's been wobbled he's been rocked i get it let's put the chin stuff aside his technique is solid he was touching up chris curtis no problem before he got caught and he does look good out there he's fast he's powerful he's a division one national champion wrestler that has accomplished everything that you could accomplish at that level and he is coming off that loss to Roman Delize, where he was technically knocked out, but he literally was fighting with one leg, right? He had a sick duck under takedown. Soon as they hit me, the... his his toughness literally cost me a lot of money. Because you wanted a fight. submission. I yeah. had a, it was a second round. I had second round submission for Roman Delize. No, I think it was the first. 
Well, I think I think it's the second. But anyway, yeah, it, 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 I mean, he popped his knee and didn't get submitted, and I, I lost that bet. Yeah, his knee was absolutely destroyed. That is why he was TKO. He was just sort of bouncing around on his feet. But this is an interesting fight because the reality is they're both phenomenal wrestlers. Ikram has the international wrestling experience, right? If you go to his Wikipedia, Jacob shared it with me. You go to his Wikipedia, it's just international thing after international thing. Sambo, Phil Hawes. Baby. Sambo. Yep. But those are different styles of wrestling. And those are those styles of wrestling actually translate well to MMA because right. it's tie-ups tie and trips and stuff like that instead of just shooting blast doubles. But it's going to be interesting because Phil Hawes is a phenomenal wrestler. And if Phil Hawes wants to implement the wrestling, I think he'll get the takedowns no problem, right? I think he will get those takedowns shooting doubles, running through Ikram. If this fight stays striking, Phil Hawes will have a giant advantage. Chin aside, a huge advantage. The only concern here is if Ikram gets a takedown, I feel like Phil Hawes is going to be clueless off his back. I think he's going to have absolutely nothing to offer if he is taken down. But I'm interested in this fight. Listen, the reality is Ikram probably does win. But I got 20 bucks on Phil Hawes, man. 20 bucks for America. I just want to see this happen. I want him to come out there, wrestle hard. He he is not getting the credit he deserves as an athlete, as a wrestler. And yes, he's got a couple of knockout losses he can't control his chin, but you haven't seen him in a fight where he sucks. You know what I mean? Like, he's doing well, gets clipped. Has that nice takedown for Roman Delize, and then gets knee barred by a world champion grappler. That shit's going to happen. This They gave him a wrestler. It's the first time we're going to see him versus a pure wrestler, and I hope he goes to those Iowa wrestling roots, gets those takedowns in, and runs through them. But the reality is he probably loses, but I do have a $20 bet at plus 175, literally for America. I did it for me. I want to root for him. I want him to win. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Ikram kind of looks like uh, like a New Jersey Russian. I mean, he's kind of got that New Jersey look to him with with the curly hair. Yeah, because like it's curly. And the, and the, I mean, he got he has that. Uh, didn't Frankie Edgar grew that out, right? And it looks just like Frankie Edgar's hair when he grew it out. So he, I mean, he's sporting the uh, the New Jersey look here. And uh, in my quick pick video, I literally said that if I was Phil Hawes, I have no idea why I sign on the dotted line versus a guy named Ikram. I mean, that is the mo- one of the most terrifying names I've ever heard. I'm going to fight a, game, a guy named Ikram, and he does exactly what you think a guy like Ikram would do, as you mentioned, with the Sambo techniques, and that translates so well into MMA. I think Sambo beats just American wrestling 10 out of 10 times, and I've never seen a guy coming up besides Islam that fights like Khabib in the way that he takes down and controls people. I mean, with the Dagestani handcuff and just his entries, because he is decent at striking, and he can use his striking at with his entries, where I think Islam and some other people can get a little bit desperate with their takedowns, even though they still can get them. I think that he sets up his takedowns really, really well, and once he gets them, his top control is, is very, very good. The issue is for this fight that gives me a little bit of a red flag is, as you mentioned, Phil, very well-versed, can make him work in those takedown attempts, and I've seen fights where Ikram second round third round even in fights that he's controlling slows down a little bit right I mean those takedowns are a little bit more labored so if Phil Hall can make him work early if he gets a clean takedown off the rip because both these guys kind of have gas tank issues we still we've seen Phil kind of kind of gas before and he seems like he's kind of cleaned that up but off his back I guarantee he probably gets tired so if Phil can make him work early and not let Ikram get that first takedown because if he gets that first one I think he's going to dominate the whole fight but make him work early 
there is a world where Phil Hawes can kind of, kind of sneak out, maybe lose the first round still, but kind of turn up that second win, win the second round, win the third round, and, and win this fight. So I'm on the Ikram side because I do believe he is the better grappler of the two. He's going to get the takedowns. He's going to have the top control. He's going to be able to control this fight. But the gas tank is like a little bit, you know, big UFC debut, the big moment, the bright lights. Weirder things have happened than Phil Hall's coming out, uh, defending a few takedowns and, and having probably the uh, the more dynamic striking advantage. So I'm going Ikram, but... Everyone that's saying, oh, the, you know, the beard with the Russian, he's going to dominate, put him in parlays. I'd be like, yeah, let's, let's let him win one first and then start throwing him in parlays. No, I hear you. And uh, Phil Hawes had cardio issues, but those are resolved, right? We saw him have cardio issues early in his career. And then ever yeah, since that Kyle Dawkins fight, he looked good. He hasn't different slowed when, down. Yeah, when you're controlling the fight. It's a little bit different than fighting off your back. Well, path. Kyle Dawkins was trying to wrestle him. Obviously, completely different world. Well, yeah, I mean, that guy's not in the UFC anymore. And his brother. Yeah. Was that next week? Uh, I don't know. I didn't break down next week yet. Anyway. Um, DraftKings is going to be interesting because I think somebody... I, I think if Ikram wins, I think he scores really well. If Phil wins, he may not score that well. He may have just defended some takedowns and win the striking exchanges, which we've seen him do. So, you know, if you're all in on Ikram, as I see some of you are in the live chat, then $9,100 is probably a good price because, you think you know, people tell, oh, Phil Hawes sucks. Phil Hawes does not suck. He's fast, powerful, athletic, national wrestling champion, solid, clean boxing. Like, he can't control his chin. That is what it is, and his chin is not great. But, man, like I said, he was piecing up. Go watch a Chris Curtis fight. He was piecing up Chris Curtis Relax. before he got caught. So, anyway... Uh, I'm definitely not going to throw Phil Hawes in my lineup, but Ikram at 9,100, if that's the side you're on, he probably scores really well, either with takedowns or some sort of finish. What do you think? You agree? Yes? Great. Congratulations. You don't agree? Well, I just thought you finished it for me. I didn't. I just thought it's a, you, you slammed your mouse, and that's usually I'm about to move on. Well, just waiting for that answer still. Well, seemed like you kind of answered it for me, jackass. All right, then. Well. Stupid ass. WeWantPicks.com. Become a member. Join this fabulous community of 2,000-plus people. WeWantPicks.com. Just click Become a Member. It's $10. You unlock literally everything. And uh, you get a nice yellow tag in the Discord. Hmm. (laughs) These are the most, I mean, obviously, you know, all respect to Parker. That's not a great, I mean... That's not a great shot of Parker, but then I look over. That's the most random picture you couldn't find. I picked <laughs> that's, a, you know, that's sh- what at I least found a shirt off. Fucking, and he looks like you have him pictured like he's seven foot tall as well. The guy's five seven. I mean, that's the picture I found. That's what I. That's what I used. Okay. Jesus. Next up at UFC 288, we have Parker Porter taking on UFC newcomer Braxton Smith. Parker Porter. 13 and 8 overall, 3 and 2 in his last five. He is coming off that loss to Justin Taffa at UFC Australia. I forget the number. He's taking on Braxton Smith, 5 and 1 overall, 5 and 0 oh in his last five. He is making his UFC debut. What are you making a face for? Uh, that line movement, not doing it for me. It's incredible. It's incredible. Well, and, no, you have the other side. I mean, apparently he was a minus 178 open. I and then now he's a minus 173. No, no, no. Oh, uh, yeah. I, that's a typo. He was minus 173 yeah, open. And, 
You you were I mean you spent the entire you spent three minutes on the intro bragging about the graphics, Angelo, only to pull this shit. <laughs> he was the, he opened at the lines are exact opposite. He opened at minus one seventy three and now he's plus one forty eight. So complete line flip on both sides. Anyway, Parker Porter, as a reminder, I know him personally. We're both from Connecticut. I managed him for a while. We're friends. I know Parker Great well. Guy. Went to I his don't wedding. know him personally. Great guy. Yeah, went to the wet. Like, couldn't be a better guy. I always give that warning. But usually he's not the favorite. The fact that he is almost a two-to-one favorite here, I almost don't need to give the warning, right? Like, I don't, I, my my bias may not even have Let's an effect. Full transparency. Let's do transparency here. What? No, oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. That's why I said yeah, 100%. Yeah. Anyway, Parker Porter, as we know, he's actually a well-rounded guy. He's pretty fast. He comes out there. He's got solid striking, solid cardio, solid wrestling, solid BJJ. Really high volume guy who's landing almost seven significant strikes per minute. And that is an insane number to the point he literally set the UFC significant strike record. And then as his next fight out, broke his own record. This guy puts up numbers on the board. He will stay busy. He's got nice footwork. Get those takedowns. He's three and three in the UFC, which there are plenty of heavyweights that are nowhere near three and three in the UFC or haven't gotten close to three wins. His losses are quality losses. UFC debuted at Chris Dawkins. He literally was 300 pounds, got the phone call, had a baby and just had to cut all that weight, lose that weight. Short notice. Then Jalton Almeida, who could potentially be heavyweight champion. We'll find out a lot more about him next week. Ooh, and then Biggie most, Boy's all about that, by the way. Yeah, you know what Biggie Boy's using in his Instagram stories? Me. Uh, me. Me. Saying he, me saying he's going to lose and then clipping to him winning. No, but then it goes to me saying, oh, he's going to absolutely destroy. Either way, Jacob so and I are... more about me. Well, okay. Jacob and, and I are... And he had to cut me off because... I said he's going to absolutely destroy this clown Dawkins because he, so he, oh. he literally kept it respectful for, for Dawkins when he knocked him out. Of everybody. Well, he's all over. Jacob and I are all over Biggie Boy's Instagram. But anyway, that's next week. My point was Parker Porter's losses are quality. John Almeida, absolute beast, could be UFC champion. And then he's coming up to loss to Justin Taffa, who can knock out anybody. He's fighting Braxton Smith. This is Braxton's first UFC fight. The dude is as jacked as he looks in this picture. He's a monster of a man. He's not very tall, but he's a jacked, jacked guy. And he fights like a jacked guy. He, his arm, I don't, I don't know how he wipes. His arms don't come up as far as they should. But when they do, he fires away. He comes forward, just throws bombs. Full speed, he can knock out an absolute, a horse at any moment. Horses he's are fast. pretty easy to, to knock out. You've never okay. seen a horse get knocked out when they get kicked by another horse? Boom. Done. Anyway, Braxton Smith could do that as well with his hands. He doesn't really have offensive wrestling at all, but he's so he's short, jacked, and he separates his hips really well. He's hard to take down. I, more than one fight of people have him against the cage, arms around his lips, his hips, trying to get it done, and can't. So he's got good takedown defense. He's insanely dangerous. Doesn't have a ton of cardio. Not really a well-rounded guy, but I mean, he's the most dangerous bar fighter you'll ever meet, right? Dude just swings, hits ridiculously hard. And that's what makes this fight a little wild, right? These are heavyweights. Parker Porter will absolutely be the better fighter in this matchup. He's going to be faster. He's going to have better technique. 
He's going to have better footwork. He'll have better wrestling. He'll have better BJJ. He'll literally be everywhere, better everywhere except just straight up raw power. They are heavyweights. Raw power is a factor in a heavyweight fight. We've seen Parker get hit before. Parker's going to be the pick because he is by far the better fighter, but these are heavyweights, and anything can happen. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, I mean, this comes. It's, I mean, this is the most typical heavyweight fight ever. You got a low experienced guy that that hits like like a truck, and and Parker Porter, who's shown he was chinny in his last fight, but is the better fighter. I mean, what Parker Porter needs to do in this fight, and Parker, I hope you're listening, and, and this is the the game plan that's going to win is just wait. It's just wait and wait. And I know that Parker, when he starts fights, he likes to get in people's faces. He likes to use his boxing, right? Because he's, he's a good boxer. He's going to be the better boxer in this matchup. So he likes to go in there and throw his volume and boom, boom. And he can stay safe in certain instances. But he got over-aggressive against Tafa, and that's how he got knocked out. If he just waits and just waits and just waits, Braxton is going to get impatient. Braxton is a very sloppy striker, wants to throw all power. And all Parker Porter needs to do is just wait Wait for that power, duck underneath it, double leg this dude, and just lay on top of him. And I have to imagine that this guy, a very low experienced guy that's a, a powerful striker, all that muscle, when he is flat on his back for more than three or four minutes, that power is going to be telegraphed and gone from that point forward. If I'm Parker, I swear to God, I'm just against the fence. I'm just waiting, waiting, and that dude eventually is going to come through, and you're going to see that big shot. You duck, you double, you just lay on him for three or four minutes, and even if the, if you if you don't finish him on the ground that first that next round's gonna start and those shots are gonna be i mean just breathing heavy and telegraphed i don't care how good his cardio is if he's laying flat on his back he's gonna get tired and i think parker porter can control the fight like that is that gonna happen i have no idea i i, I have a feeling that parker's gonna try and box him gonna look good touch him up and then get knocked out kind of the, the same way tough is but parker's the better fighter and the path to victory is just so obvious to me that i have to pick parker parker in this fight so i get it everyone's be like oh you can get knocked out yeah that's a possibility these are 250 260 pound men throwing four ounce gloves around yeah yeah he might get knocked out that's a that's a risk in every single fight. Everyone can almost get knocked out. So if it happens, it happens. But he's the better fighter, and he's got a path to victory. I'm going Parker Porter. Yeah, I mean, uh, for sure, this fight uh, this fight is probably going to be an exciting one, honestly. I'm on the Parker side. Obviously, I'd be on the Parker side no matter who the opponent was. But I do think Parker can get it done. You're saying, wait. I literally texted him. I'm reading my text right now. I hope you light this fool's legs up. He's all wild overhands and not much else. And if Parker just lays in, he's got heavy leg kicks. If he just lays into this uh, dude's legs, bad, where's he I, going? I think that's oh, a Jesus bad Christ. idea because the second he throws one, that dude's just going to eat, come right over the top, and it takes one shot. Nah, that's what, that's what footwork is. That's what footwork is. Light the leg up, step out. Light the leg up, step out. Boom. There's so many Guy's times got where people, especially heavyweights, are throwing leg kicks, and then somebody just stay, just eats in it, throws that right hand over the top, just times it, and if it lands it, he's going to knock that. I wouldn't do that at all. I would just wait all for right. him and take him yeah. back. Yeah, wait, wait against the cage. You're right. Wait against the cage. Absolute fucking moron. $8,600, $7,600 in DraftKings. One of these dudes is going to score a million points because this will, this will not go the distance. You this will see, not go you, the distance. You watch the, uh, the Saws movies? The Saw movies? No. Are you going to see Saw 10? <laughs> no. Huh? No, I'm not going to see Saw 10. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, it's not, it's not, it's not Saw 10. There's a um, Saw Cons in, uh, in Dallas. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. What? Salcons in, in Dallas? This is a trap, and I'm not falling into it. Yeah, suck on these nuts, bitch. Okay. Good job. What Fuck, a setup. Man. What a setup. 
Um, anyway, uh, somebody's going to score really, really well in this fight because if Parker gets it to the ground, Braxton's not going anywhere. And if Braxton is the giant heavyweight that he is, then obviously he's going to score well there as well. So pick your side. I'm on the Parker side. So is Jakey Boy. Um, I am probably going to throw some parlays together with this fight does not go the distance. I didn't look at those oh odds. God. I thought you were going to say with Parker in it. With uh, I don't know what those odds are, but um, we'll see what happens. Next up. At UFC 288, we have Marina Rodriguez, Rodriguez, Rodriguez taking on Verna Jandaroba. Marina Rodriguez is 16 and two overall. She is four and one in her last five. She's coming off that KO loss to Amanda Lamosh. She's taking on Rob Schneider at 18 and three overall, three and two in her last oh, five. Man. Coming off that win over Angela Hill, so and that was a that was a quality win. That's my a girl. genuine quality win over Angela Hill. Marie Rodriguez, very good boxer. She's got solid speed, solid power. She's got, you know, that raw one-punch knockout power, which at this weight class is not easy to come by. And she's just got okay takedown defense, which could be a problem in this fight. She did defend seven of eight takedowns from Mackenzie Dern. So if you're looking at the statue, you're like, oh, wow. But Mackenzie Dern's takedowns absolutely suck. And if you go back and look at her other fights, she has been taken down and have been ridden out by people like Ronda Marcos, Carla Esparza. Overall, Marina Rodriguez is pretty well-rounded. She can grind out a win or get a finish, but she's definitely a striker, and she's going to need to avoid the takedowns. And that's not going to be the easiest thing to do because Verna Jandaroba is a grinder. She's solid on the ground. Her striking is just okay, but she hits really hard, and she throws with some solid volume. She doesn't have much head movement, so you can light her up with a jab, but... She's diving, man. She's shooting takedowns. She's looking to get it done. She is 4-3 and three in the UFC, but her losses are very solid, and they were decent outings against Carla Esparza, Mackenzie Dern, and Amanda Hebos. She's coming off that grapple-heavy win over Same Angela kid. Hill. I like that. Whoa. I like the way it rolls off your tongue, huh? Can you say it well, again? We're about to break down somebody who didn't Marina Rodriguez knock out Amanda Hebos. It's a little bit of an early stoppage in my mind. <laughs> anyway, uh, Marina, uh, Marina Rodriguez is going to be the pick here because she's going to have the far better striking, and I think she just dances. I think she touches, lights up Verna's face, stays busy, and just wins with clean striking technique. But this line movement makes sense to me because 275 is way too wide. This line movement makes sense to me. Verna can close the distance, get the takedowns, and Marina can be in a lot of trouble there just dealing with that over and over again. So Marina's going to be the pick. I do think it's going to be just the jab and volume that get it done, but anything's possible. And Verna's very live with those takedowns. What do you think, Jakey boy? Yeah, I'm not going to disrespect Verna. She seems like an awesome person, honestly. I mean, she's absolutely incredible, and she is relentless when she is a fighter. So all this disrespect for Verna, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stand for it. But she needs to basically do what Cody Durden did. I mean, Cody Durden, lock of the week. I said he was just going to come in and just kind of outwork the striker, and that's exactly what he did. And that's what Verna needs to do. She needs to just keep working and just working. And she is one of those, one of those people that can implement that game plan. The issue is she's going to need some takedowns to win the fight. Cody 
Cody got the takedowns. He had the control. He won the fight. And I don't know if she can work that pace against Marina because Marina is a little workhorse herself and has the footwork and has been there, done that, knows what's coming her way in Vernon, knows the takedowns are coming. She's going to be ready. And she is such a slick striker. I mean, Amanda Hebos kind of ran into some troubles as well. Amanda Hebos is more of the judo. But when you get in that range, she is very good at kind of sniping you on your entries. And um, I think she can do the same thing to Vernon this matchup. Now, it's going to be tough. And she's probably going to be three rounds because Vernon is going to be there. Even when she's getting hit, she's going to be there. She's going to be there. She's going to be there. So Marina's going to have to work in this fight. But she is the much better striker. I think she keeps it mostly standing and uh, just kind of picks uh, Verna apart. So I, I think this is another one of those decision fights. And this could be one of those weird decisions, you know, where, where Verna is working, gets a couple takedowns, but all the striking exchanges are from Marina and the controls maybe only two minutes around and the judges don't know what the fuck they're doing, you know. So it could be a weird uh, decision. But I got to go with Marina because I think it's mostly striking and she is the better striker of the two. Yep, I agree with you. We're completely aligned. It's a close fight. I'm not touching it. Uh, I think the over is solid. I did not put the over two and a half in the safety parlay. I thought about it. But, man, they both have stoppages. They both have clean stoppages at that. So I was like, man, obviously women fights should go over. And I do have some action on the over, but not in the safety parlay. If you want to unlock the safety and parlay, it hit. It hits at a 70% clip. 70% clip. A safety parlay. Every single week. 70%. It's only $10 a month to unlock all of it, including that. What were you going to say? I can't believe that. Well, the stats are on the sheet. No, I was, I was just going to mention, you mentioned the, that most girl fights go to a decision. I just think it's because girls are, are are tougher than guys, I mean, for the most part. I, I really, I am really am a champion for women's rights, and uh, I believe that they are much tougher than the male species. And um, if you feel that way and you're a, you're a hot brunette 25 to 33 um dme we can talk about only brunettes we can get a rally going i'm a brunette guy i would think yeah okay you know hair you know nice little fade (laughs) tall (laughs) (laughs) you're just describing stubble man a little stubble you're well, describing you're describing Verna. Really curly hair <laughs> past the ears. I love tattoos. I like that she can watch my back while she's watching me. <laughs> <laughs> Keep an eye on the front door uh, and the back door at the exact same time. I like that um, I can show her TikToks, but she can keep watching her show. Wait, look at this one. <laughs> oh, I said I wasn't going to be mean. Oh, fuck. Anyway, uh, credit to Verna because she's... <laughs> She's very live in this fight. I'm not touching the um, the money line at all. The line movement makes a ton of sense to me, as discussed. Um, yeah, we're both on the Marina Rodriguez side, but not the most confident picks we've ever had. And we do have a 299 from Giddy Up. So Verna got the advantage. She sees everything. So I didn't even see that before I pinned it. Thank you very much for the 299. And is it Giddy Up from uh, what? Every time I see Giddy Up, it's you don't watch Seinfeld, but. It's Kramer going, giddy up. Giddy you, know what's, up. We, you know what's weird is anytime somebody does have a lazy eye, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but sometimes it's hard to tell which eye is the good eye. Like, you really don't know which eye I is the good eye. I can tell. I think we're pretty, it's pretty yeah, obvious Yeah, this one here. is, uh, <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty. It's locked in. <laughs> it's locked out. Come on. Let's clean it up. Next up. At UFC 288, we have Chaos. Yes, Chaos is his first name. Williams, it's actually not his first name. Chaos the taking on, Taking on Rolando Bedoya. 
KS Williams, 13 and three overall. He is three and two in his last five. He's coming off that close decision loss to Randy Brown. He's taking on Rolando. What? Why does he? Why does he look like he's like in in like a like he just got in the pool? He's cold. Like, <laughs> I'm cold. Rolando, because oh, these—that's how—that's how, that's how uh, a lot. Of, you're gonna see a lot of pictures from uh, BJJ guys like that. It's weird. That and the how are you? The hang loose. Full, the hang full loose. Handful? What are you looking at? I don't wear the bathrobe when I. No, uh, I'm saying when you do compete. this, are you? Because I'm a full. I'm a. I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a full handful here. I mean, that's well, a I have. Full. I have monster man hands. You have those baby hands. It's I mean, different. look at this. Okay. All right. Jesus Christ. Chaos Williams, 13 and 3 in his last five. As I mentioned, 3 and 2. Sorry, 3 and 2 in his last five, coming off that loss to Randy Brown. He's taking on Rolando Bedoya, making his official UFC debut. 14 and 1 overall. He has an 11 fight win streak coming into this. Chaos Williams is a fun guy to watch. Beast of a striker. He's never in a boring fight. He will walk you down. He's got a ton of power. He's got solid low kicks. And he uses those low kicks to slow you down. And then he'll come to the head and headhunt. He's actually a pretty durable guy. He's got that knockout power. And he's always, always live in a fight. Decent takedown defense as well. He's coming up with that split decision loss to Randy Brown. Where it was really Randy's reach and volume that got that done for him. Because he knocked Randy down as well. Uh, he's taking on Rolando Bedoya. Rolando Bedoya is sort of an in-and-out striker. He's got lots of movement, of lots of variety with his strikes as well. He's going to work in kicks. Everything he throws is a combination, which is nice to see, but he does lack that raw one-punch knockout power. He never does one strike at a time, right? He's always throwing in combinations. That You, you love that. That's what you're supposed to do. Mm. He's not going to put you out with one strike, but those combinations will add up. His biggest issue is he is hittable. If you go back and watch tape, watch him fight Pablo Torta. Pablo landed every single straight right and overhand right that he sent. Every single one he sent hit Rolando square in the face. And if that was Chaos Williams sending those, dude would have been put out cold. And I think that's why the odds are what they are. Chaos is actually the biggest favorite on this card for now. We're about to have a much larger favorite on this card. But for right now, Chaos Williams, oh, oh yeah, Evloyev isn't going to be. I guarantee Evloyev that guy opens at fucking, minus. He should be. Okay, a, we'll a talk dog. about that. I mean, we'll break that. Okay, we'll break that down when it's time to break that down. Chaos Williams is the biggest favorite on this card, and I think he absolutely should be. He's got power. He's got technique. He's not just a one-punch guy that can't go the distance. And Rolando, while young, exciting, um, you know, has seemed to put things together in the regional scene. This is a tough UFC debut. This is a big step up in competition. And a guy that's that hittable against a guy that hits like this, I see Chaos Williams getting it done. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Uh, yeah, I literally have nothing to add for that breakdown. You, you said everything. I do love this kid, Rolando. He is tough as shit. So everyone that's playing, like, I get it all the inside the distance and Chaos going to knock him out. He should knock him out. But don't. Don't discredit the toughness of this kid because he can eat shots. He can take shots. He, he, he could just, I mean... There is a world where he kind of survives for three rounds, but this should be a chaos play all the way. He's got the power. I mean, the, the breakdown is pretty easy. Rolando gets hit. Chaos hits people. He puts them to sleep. Easy. I mean, you literally said everything. <laughs> I mean, there's not much to add. There really isn't much to add to this for this fight. No, I mean, and it wasn't even just the – I mentioned the Pedro fight or Pablo. It wasn't even just that fight. I mean, he gets hit a lot. Yeah, he's just – He's the a fun kid. Thing, I mean, he's he's a young, cocky kid. And he fights like yeah. you would expect a 26-year-old. Like, I'm in there, hands low, you know, this and that. I'm throwing combinations. I'm getting hit, but I can eat it. And uh, I wish they wouldn't have gave him chaos with his fight because it's a, an awful matchup for him. And I think he could be a fun guy for the UFC.
Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because, I mean, we did see a couple of last-minute replacements at UFC Vegas 72 oh, interesting that showed that. up. What? On like four or five days' oh, notice okay. and then won their yeah, fights. Okay. That's very interesting. Right. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Just to fucking keep it in the jar. And, um... You don't think in... But you strike me as somebody who would piss in jars in his room. You pee in a jar when you were a kid? Nope. Okay. Jacob definitely pissed in jars in his room. Okay. Um wore diapers to us. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're both uh everybody's both in chaos. Live streams. <laughs> They say Both. that it, no. That's weird that you say that because they literally say that MMA guru pisses in bottles while he's streaming. While while he's streaming, he just goes and pisses in bottles. So you described MMA guru. That's what people are in the live stream were telling me on Saturday. I don't know if it's true or not. He's got to be like he he says he does it or that's a theory. He literally they know that he's like oh I got to pee. I don't I don't want I, I don't know. But that's what they were telling me. I don't know. Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, your boy from Frisco lives up the street. I'll give you Jacob's address to send us a DM. It's, uh, his apartment is ground level. It's between the high school and the train station. And um, he's got cats on the windowsill. Can't miss it. Anyway, Doors we're both on the same on side. We're both on the same side. We uh, also think that Chaos Williams is going to win inside the distance. I didn't full bet to that extent because Rolando is tough. He's hittable. We haven't seen him get put out just yet, but he most likely does in this fight. If you want to see the action that we do have on this fight, because I do have action on this fight, just not inside the distance. We want picks.com. It's just $10 a month. You unlock literally everything you could ever imagine. Think about what other people are charging and what they deliver. Add all of that shit together. And you're getting that for only $10 a month at we want picks.com. We do have a video uh, called premium 2.0, which walks through every single screen and step and what's there. If you want to see behind oh God, the everyone's curtain, gonna, everyone's going to leave to watch that. <laughs> next up, membership. next up at UFC 288, we have another insane line movement fight. We have Kennedy and Chuck Wu taking on Devin Clark. Kennedy and Chuck Wu is 11 and three overall three and two in his last five. He's coming off that knockout win over Jan Kutalaba. He's taking on Devin Clark. 14 and 7 overall. 2 and 3 in his last five. Coming off a wrestling win over Da Un Jung. And Devin Clark is a solid grappler. Right? He's got well timed striking. He doesn't really have the best chin. We have seen uh, him have the, some issues in the past with his chin, but he has solid footwork, heavy hands. He does look to crowd his opponents. He wants to take him down. Once he takes you down, he's just looking to bomb away. He's not He's not looking for submission. He's looking to get a stoppage there. He is coming off that grinding win over Da Eung Jung, where he did get three takedown attempts, but he was three for 11. So the takedowns weren't quite and that as was a easy as That was a surprising victory, too. I think he was a, a, a pretty big dog in that matchup, if I remember correctly. Yeah. He's taking on Kennedy and Chuck Wu, who's a long, powerful guy. He's got solid takedown defense at 80%. And, you know, famously, he's never out of a fight. There's several fights that he has been behind on the scorecards and then gets that knockout and gets it done. He actually just did it against Jan Kutalaba. Granted, it was in the second round, but he lost the first round on all three judges' scorecards. And that keeps happening to him because he's gun-shy. He just doesn't let his hands go. He'll wait. He'll wait. He'll back up. He'll wait. He'll wait. And then he starts to let his hands go. He starts to touch people and ultimately puts them out. Kennedy and Chuck Wu should win this fight. He should be able to get to Devin. He should be able to hit Devin. Devin's chin at times has not held up as much as he would have liked. 
So Kennedy should absolutely win this fight. He opened at a plus 115 underdog. He is now a minus 190 favorite. That line movement is wild. That is, and this is at light heavyweight. So that's like incredible line movement there. I agree with the line movement. Uh, the only reason I'm a little hesitant to throw a bunch of money on Kennedy uh, and even a little earlier before he was minus 190 here is because he is a slow starter. And I and I just, I can't stand betting on guys that'll just give up a round every single time, especially in a three-round fight. What do you think, Jakey boy? Uh, yeah, I like Devin Clark. Uh, he's a great guy. His dad in his corner, it seems like the greatest dad in the world. Just like, come on, Devin. Just, uh, you'll hear him on Saturday. I don't care how loud the arena is. You're going to hear him in the corner. Come on, Devin. Get up, Devin. And it's uh, it's really kind of cool to see. And Devin, is a, he's an athlete. I mean, he is just a pure athlete, strong as shit, huge muscular legs. I mean, great ass on him. When, you, when, you, when he has Kennedy pinned against the fence, you're going to see the ass that this guy's got. But unfortunately, as athletic and as strong as he is, is in clinch positions he will engage he will hold people but then he will get reversed in takedowns in in scrambles he will take people down but then you can see him getting reversed and kennedy is a guy that you can see has made improvements in his takedown defense if he gets taken down he doesn't panic he's been getting back to his feet a little bit easier and he's even kind of reversing positions and trying to get takedowns of his own in trips and being the tall guy he can kind of get up underneath double underhooks and maybe take down devin clark because devin clark is susceptible to takedowns as well but if you're Devin Clark, this has got to be the most boring fight ever. I mean, you have to hold him against the fence. You have to hold him on the ground for 15 minutes because if this dude gets space against a guy like Devin Clark, he's just going to overwhelm him, and that's what Kennedy does to people. He's just so long and just kind of lulls people to sleep, right? Because, as you mentioned, slow starter. It's like he's not doing anything. He's not doing anything. You think he's good, and then all of a sudden, it's like boom, and it's like pop, 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 and he's hitting you with a three, four-piece combo, and then you're stunned, and then he just puts you away, and I think that's what happens here. Devin Clark's going to close it distance early have some success kenny's gonna turn him against the cage disengage and just kind of stay on him and, and kenny's gonna win this fight so i like devin clark he, he seems like a great guy he's got all the athleticism in the world but this is a, a tough fight for him he's got to make this boring i just don't think he can for 15 minutes i hear you i hear you like i said my the only reason i'm not all in on kennedy is he does give up rounds he's a slow starter he's gonna give up the first probably lose the first immediately and then, not immediately, in five minutes, but probably give up that first, then start to get his hands going. And then that's when he'll pick it up and potentially win by finish. But Devin starts holding him against the cage, diving at legs. It is possible he gets it done. I do think Kennedy wins. He's got that 80% takedown defense, much better striker, but just didn't go ahead and throw my money on that. Just yet, $9,000 in DraftKings. He's only worth that if he gets a finish. And Devin Clark is tough, but tough Kennedy probably... Way. Probably, yeah, probably wins by he's finish. He's tough, but he's, you know, he, he'll he he'll he'll just kind of shell up. And his uh, dad and will be yelling, come on, Devin, get on, Devin, you gotta move, Devin. Well, and it's similar, it's similar to the Phil Haas. Some things he can't help, right? Phil Haas can't help his chin, and Devin Clark suffers a similar, similar fate. Anyway, we're both on the Kennedy and Chuck Wu side. You agree with this line movement, like he should be a minus 190 favorite, or that's a bit wide? I think it's getting a little bit too wide. Minus 175 seems like a comfortable number. Yep. Uh, yeah, I hear you. Minus 190 is wide, which is why I haven't touched it. If it was minus 150, I'd be all over it. Anyway, mm. we on picks.com, only $10 a month. You can unlock anything you could have ever wanted to help you find your spots, make money watching fights, whether it's fantasy, betting, or otherwise. We do have a... The, um, yeah, what was the height discrepancy? I didn't see that for Kennedy and, and Devin Clark. Jesus Christ, it was on here forever. 6'5", 
Six feet. That guy, Ernie B, screaming like a bitch. He commented, what's the height difference? What's the height difference? Just hit pause for shit's sake. My God. $4.99 from Tannis. Shout out to Angelo and Jacob Savages with the snipes. Let's go. Lock of the week, Cody Durden. And song up, big boys. Let's snap again. <clears throat> Sign up, premium membership. Flex lock. Thank you very much, Tannis. I appreciate that, Tannis. Very pretty. Tannis also calls into the call-in show. Mm. The incredibly successful call-in show. <laughs> it is incredibly successful. <laughs> Last time we were kicking people uh, off. By the, the way, hey so guys, I'm doing a card opening Friday night. Okay, boom, we got the new 2023 Prism. We got some other boxes to unlock Friday night. Tune in. Maybe we'll stick around and watch one together. I think that's Friday night too. So, congrats. This is Playboy Jacob, right? Playboy Jacob. All the ladies, everybody's waiting to hang out with Jake. Hey guys, I'm opening my UFC. Baseball cards on the live stream on Friday night. Cinco de Mayo. Playboy Jake. Oh, it is Cinco de Mayo, huh? Oh, yeah. man. Oh, I yeah. have to check my calendar, huh? <laughs> yeah, all, let all me of check, a sudden. Let me check my emails. Let me check my texts. <laughs> all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. They're pouring in now. Yep. Playboy you Jake. You want Cinco de Mayo? <laughs> Apparently nobody does. Friday night, opening nobody? baseball cards on camera. Nobody? Mm, hey, girls. Ooh, 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 this is, I'm going to put this one in a sleeve. Well, I mean, last time I opened one of these boxes that I have, I unlocked the Amanda Hebus autographed, and she retweeted, she liked it, um, and then almost opened my DM after that. Awesome. Speaking of incredibly handsome people that have plans on Friday nights, we have Drew Dober taking on Matt Frivola. At UFC 288, Drew Dober, 26 and 11 overall, 3 and 2 in his last five. He is riding a three fight knockout win streak. He's taking on Matt, the Steamroller Frivola, 10 and 3 overall, fighting in his backyard, 3 and 2 in his last five, riding a two fight knockout streak. We all know Drew Dober very well. We all talk about his chin. It took over Jacob's Quick Picks video. Oh, you do watch him. No, I saw people commenting. Um, Drew Dober has a fun take one to give one kind of style. You can hit him as hard as you want. It's not going to do a single thing. And then he's going to fire back. He's going to march forward, absolutely bomb away. He's got one of the best chins in MMA, both literally, figuratively, just for for visual reasons, durability reasons. This guy's all chin, and it's working for him. He's a very durable guy. We have seen some chinks in the armor, though, right? We saw Terrence McKinney almost get him out of there. He was like 90% done. And then Terrence McKinney blew his wad and Drew Dober came back. He's coming off that that win over Bobby Green, where Bobby Green was lighting him up in the first lit him up in the first round. And then Drew Dober came forward, landed big, got it done. And that's three fights in a row. And I mean, he's just leaning into it. This dude is just showing up in incredible shape, swinging wild, trusting his chin, and putting people down. He's taking on Matt Frivola. Dude's tough as hell. Also a very good wrestler. He never stops coming forward. Not the most technical striker, but it doesn't stop him from charging forward and just throwing big power, huge looping shots, and working the takedowns. He averages three takedowns per fight. Pretty low accuracy, but as we discussed earlier, he's just diving at legs. He has 12 takedowns in 
nine fights, but he hasn't gotten or needed a single takedown in his last four fights. And he's coming off that knockout win over Atmos Azaitar, where Matt Frivola was a huge underdog. And put that dude's lights out. That dude was supposed to be the killer striker. And Matt Favola just put him out. And I, listen, the line movement, I actually like to see the line go this way. I think Matt Favola could win this fight. I have 25 bucks on him, a quarter of a unit. I got it at plus 185. And eventually, Drew Dober's chin is not going to, it just can't hold up forever. It just can't. It's impossible. And Matt Frivola will wrestle. So now we know he has one-punch knockout power in his hands. And he'll wrestle. And you can out-wrestle Drew Dober. So I see Matt Frivola coming forward, throwing wild himself, and then shooting. Shooting, shooting. Wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Hopefully he didn't get a taste of that walk-off knockout and then starts chasing that because Matt Frivola's chin has also been tested and he failed that test. But I do think Matt Frivola gets it done. Uh, quarter of a unit, nothing, I'm nothing, $25. If you want to talk in real money, a unit for me is a hundred, a unit for Jacob is a hundred, 25 bucks at plus 185. I'll give them 25. They're going to give me whatever the hell that, <laughs> that math is Tap back. Well, plus, plus, there. plus 100 is, is they're going to give Public me 50 school. back plus 185. They're going to give school, me like, maybe. they're going to give me like 65, 70 bucks back. So I, I think know. Matt Favoli gets it done, but I fully recognize, fully recognize that this could be another Drew Dober knockout. What do you think? Yeah, I'm kind of, I, I see it a little bit different, but I, I, I have the same outcome. I think Matt Favola wins this fight because when I when I think of Drew Dober, I think of him as this, this super fast striker, pressure striker in your face and just kind of knock you out. But when you watch him fight, he is a, a methodical striker. He's that Muay Thai striking and he kind of needs space, right? He needs to be the guy that's kind of pushing the pressure and he needs space, right? Uh, Bobby Green was not giving him that space. He was he was throwing in the counter shots. Boom, boom, touch him on the way in. Uh, Terrence McKinney blitzed him. That's when he got in some trouble. And Matt Favola is a guy that's not going to give you space. He is going to be the pressure fighter in this matchup. He's going to be marching down Drew Dober and that's when Drew Dober gets into trouble. And yet yeah, his chin has been holding up and he's got this crimson chin, but getting dropped is not holding up. I mean, get, holding up is like you can eat shots and you can still move forward. He is getting dropped and almost finished in a lot of these fights. And Matt Favola, when I was watching tapes, I think he's the faster striker. I think he is the more technical, faster striker in the pocket. And that's where Drew Dober gets hurt the most. And yes, there is the, the outside wrestling uh, chance that Matt Favola comes in in his hometown, you know, slows his fight down, really tries to focus on getting a win. And I think that probably is a, a path to victory for him. But even if he wants to just kind of get in the pocket, press this guy and throw strikes, I think he can beat Drew Dober to the punch and he can hurt Drew Dober. He's been hurting a lot of people and I think he can hurt Drew Dober. And the biggest part about this, I think, is is going to be the confidence levels. Matt Frivola is, is coming off a huge win, big knockout win, and he is part of that Ray Longo team. He is part of the Aljo buildup. He is part of that camp, and the confidence level for that camp is through the roof. He is not going to come in and be scared to get knocked out by Drew Dober. He's going to be coming in, pushing the pace, pushing the pressure, all the confidence of the world, and I think he gets it done in front of the home fans and sets up the uh, that team for a, a, a big main event. Yeah, listen. I mean, we're we're on the same uh, we're on the same side here. I think he needs to wrestle, though. I think he absolutely needs to wrestle. I mean, Matt Favola has been stopped, and, and Drew Dober hits you. I mean, he got, not only does he have a great chin, he hits hard as hell. So I think he's faster than Drew. He could be, but he can also get blown out. So anyway, we're we are on the same side. Right? We are on the same side. Why well, put what I put clown. my yeah, he, money? He's on gonna it. he's gonna win, but he might not. Premium ten dollars. 
Sign up today. I'm trying to get the Brazil guys. Fuck, man. Just let me just sign up for premium so I could just go to Brazil and just find me a woman and just sit there for the next 50 years. That's where the premium money's going. I mean, that, I mean, it's it's funding my living in Brazil, and I'll send videos every once in a while for you guys. I appreciate it. Sign up today, ten dollars a month. We want picks.com. You get all the things. If that doesn't get into you, I don't know what will. <laughs> Please look at him. Look at him. Look at this poor bastard. Hold a hepatier, por favor. Oh, good. You're still doing Rosetta Stone. Great. Uh, Seven thousand dollars. I think Matt Frivola is a great underdog at seven thousand dollars. I think he can. Get the takedowns. We obviously think he wins the fight, and that's a phenomenal price point. And even if he loses, he may score well in a loss. You may get 50 points in a loss out of him with a drop, a couple of takedowns. You could potentially do pretty well on that side, but we obviously both think he wins. We on Pix.com, $10 a month. Get Jacob to Brazil. Next up at UFC 288, we have the main card opener. And they said, you know what? This is a pretty big fight. This is a, a pay-per-view with potentially the greatest of all time in the main event versus the other Wait, are you about to division. Trash this fight? Greatest of all time. Wait, no, and no, they no, said, no, no, no. Gonna... I'm, it's, I'm trashing that they put Cron Gracie on the main card. Well, it's because Charles Jordan and Cron Gracie is a, is a do- absolute dog. I mean, that fight with I get is it. a great fight. I get it. The dude has. What do you mean fought... you get it? You're just trying to say you don't get it. Now you're saying you get it. I just explained why it's on there the main are card. You're like, fights. I get it. You were just there sitting are... here complaining that's on the main card. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I get it. What? I get Clean what you're saying. I get what you're saying that Karan's a dog. Should it be on the main card? No. He has five professional fights, hasn't fought in four full years. And they said, here's a here's a main card slot for you. It's gonna be a here's great a fight. main card slot. Dude's a dog, man. It's going to be a great fight. This is going to be fight of the night and fucking embarrass your dumb ass. This isn't a better fight than the Matt Favola drew Dober fight. Well, that's why they put that at the featured prelim. If it stays, if the oh. order stays. Oh, okay. That's the, I mean, that's the slot for the better Idiot. fight. So, yeah, they put it right there. Cron Gacy, 5-1 in his illustrious MMA career, 4-1 in his last five, coming back after just a brief four years away. He's taking on Charles Jourdain, 13-6 overall, 2-3 in his last five, coming off the decision loss to Nathaniel Wood. Cron Gracie, we talked about the all beard, no mustache. You know what they're going to do? Well, when you see this last name, you know what he's great at, right? He's a phenomenal grappler, high-level BJJ, all sorts of experience and accolades. He only has six MMA fights, but he does take his career pretty seriously. Obviously, that fight with um, Cub Swanson, as Jacob mentioned, that was a very good fight. That was a fun fight to watch. He lost that fight, and then he said, let me take time to get better. I don't know if that's what he's been doing the entire four years, but that's why he stepped away, to get better, to work on his striking, to absolutely improve there. But what was frustrating about that fight is zero takedown attempts. Didn't even try to take it to the ground, where he should have a very clear advantage, but didn't go that route, didn't do that. Hung out, super tough, as Jacob mentioned. I'm not shitting on Cron Gracie. I was more teasing that there's nothing wrong with Cron Gracie. It's insane that there, there's better fights for this main card. Anyway, Cron Gracie is incredibly like tough. I just mentioned one. I know, but that's they put that in the spot to sell the pay-per-view. That's one of the best fights on the card, and that's why it's there. So what's the other one? What's going to replace this one? You're not going to take Drew Dober out of the featured spot. Okay. That's there for a reason. That's why that Chris um, Curtis and Gaslam fight was right there. They knew it was going to be a crazy fight. It sold the pay Chaos Williams is more deserving of a main card slot. Okay. So you put That's a 27-year-old debut fighter on the main card. That's your idea of fun. That 27-year-old debut fighter has three times the amount of fights as Cron Gracie. 
Three times. It's because it's yeah. Charles Jordan and and Crone is a dog. It's Charles Jordan. You make it sound like he's a he's a pay per view drawing. He's on every, He's on. He's barely every on main card. Every fight is absolutely insane. What do you mean? I'm not trashing the fighters. I'm saying it's a weird fight for the main card. No, it's gonna be a great. Both these guys are. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm explaining right, I don't to you time and time again. I, I it's like it's just a just shut the over your just stupid bald head. Just shut the fuck. It's there. Anyway. Kron Gracie, tough as hell, will throw out strikes, doesn't wrestle as often as you would like him to wrestle, considering he is a phenomenal grappler. He's taking on Charles Jordan. Charles Jordan's going to come forward and do what he does, right? He's a fun striker. He's absolutely going to put on a show. He has a great chin. He's incredibly fast, really good timing. He's willing to take one. He's willing to spin. He's willing to just go out there and make something happen. The problem is... He's given 21, given up 21 takedowns in his 10-fight UFC career. 21 takedowns in 10 fights. And if I thought Cron Gracie would actually wrestle, Cron Gracie would be the pick. But we just watched him fight Cub Swanson, not even attempt to wrestle. Getting pieced up on his feet, didn't even attempt to wrestle. I don't think he's going to wrestle here as well. And I have to pick the actual MMA fighter with the, you know, almost 20 fights of MMA experience. So Charles Jordan's going to be the pick. There's a very easy path for Kron Gracie. I just don't know if he's going to take it, especially after we've seen Charles Jordan get out-wrestled and out-grappled. What do you think, Jakey? Uh, yeah, Charles Jordan's going to be the pick for this fight because he is the better overall fighter, but do not count out. And I know there is a lot of people, there is a little bit of noise for the Crone Gracie side. When I'm seeing people talk about lock of the week, there is people picking Crone in this fight because he is an absolute dog. And in that Cub Swanson fight, his dirty, because he does train with the Diaz, the Diaz brothers brought him in for, to, for all the jujitsu stuff and in turn are teaching him out of the box. And he literally fights like a Diaz brother. I mean, it's, it's a little bit sloppy. It's not super technical. It's a little bit zombie forward, but in those kind of dirty boxing exchanges, he can't be tough enough and he does land shots i mean cub was touching him up but cub at the end of that fight was all beat up as well because he is so good at that dirty boxing and he is an absolute dog and charles jordan is a guy that is the better fighter and if he stays at range just kind of picks his parts and it kind of picks him apart he can do exactly what cub did the issue is Charles Jordan loves to fight. This guy loves to get in those wars, the Sparta kicks, the, the crazy fights. And if if Crone can get him in that type of fight, there is a world where Crone can kind of just kind of out 30 box him and, and maybe find a way to the ground. But as you mentioned, he doesn't really shoot takedowns. He is a little bit of a jujitsu nerd down there when it comes to the non-wrestling aspect of it. And when he's on the ground, yes, he is a Gracie, but he's not like an automatic submission win type person, right? I mean, if you go to the ground with Mackenzie Dern, you're going to get submitted. If you go to the ground with Amanda Hebos, you're going to get submitted. If you go to the ground with Tabitha Ricci, you're going to get Ryan Hall, you're going to get submitted. But Crone Gracie is not one of those just automatic submission guys. So even if it goes to the ground, Charles Jordan still might be able to survive. They even talked about in that Cub Swanson fight. Cub and him had a jiu-jitsu match, and Crone won, but it was 3-2. to two. It was very close. Wasn't any submission. So uh, I don't want people thinking that if this goes around, it's an automatic submission. But Crone's a tough dude. He's a dog. He can dirty box just like the Diaz brothers. And, and Charles is a brawler as well. So Charles is a pick. He's the better fighter. But there is an outside world where Crone comes in and, and does enough to win this fight. If he uh, if he gets the wrestling going. I mean, Charles no, I Jordan. He, I, yeah. I disagree. I literally explained that he can win in like dirty boxing and stuff. You just I don't see put that, that to the side and say, nah, if he, yeah, if he can if he can run down. All right, so Jacob's take, guys, is Cron Gracie wins a dirty boxing striking match he against can. Charles Jordan, and I'm the idiot. Okay, he can. He almost I'm, did it I'm against Cub. To, he had some, a, looking, some great looking forward to this Cub. fight. 
Yeah, okay. Apparently you don't watch. You didn't watch that fight. Yeah, no, I did, and I saw the very clear unanimous decision and the stats. But yeah, he almost he's beat he's Cub. A dirty boxer. He he almost Cub, cause, no, because Cub, Cub was what was picking him apart idiot. from distance. But if you watch those engaged in the pocket exchanges, Crone was winning a good majority You're right. of those. Yeah, no, hey guys. Yep, Jacob is right. Crone Gracie's going to be the better boxer in this. This matchup. is going to be fun when he actually. Jacob's does it. This right. This is going to be fun. Jacob's right. Jacob's right. Well, guys. Can't wait to see. This I mean, Twitter. if you want to see Jacob's thousands of dollars worth of bets on Crone Gracie here, because he will be the better striker in this matchup. Check out premium. Nope, say that membership. Well, you said he's going to win the dirty boxing exchanges. I think if if, if Charles just goes oh. in there and just brawls with them, there's a chance that Crone can come out on top. But I don't think that's going to happen, and Charles is going to win. I just don't want you trying to mislead people. I said that Charles is going to win the fight. Okay, but to be very clear, you said Crone Gracie will win the dirty win boxing exchange. Anybody can win any fight, Jacob. That's not what you said. I said, you if, said if, if this is completely dirty boxing, there is a world where he can pull out a decision. Yes. He doesn't need... You said he absolutely needs wrestling to win, and I disagree with that. Okay. What's our bet on this fight? I mean, how can you bet that? I have no idea. Go ahead and make some bullshit up and then call me a pussy for not taking well, it. Well, we can just go by this. Week we can... after week. I will give you... <laughs> oh! 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 On some bullshit fucking nonsense bet that nobody would ever take and then I'm a fucking pussy for not taking it. You clown well, you are for a lot of reasons. Shut we could just up. We could just go by the stats. Striking stats. I agree. It's hard to say who won striking changes, but... Oh, well, we'll I'll know. You won't know. <laughs> I mean, you obviously don't know how to judge striking sure. exchanges, but... No, you're right, guys. Crone Gracie is going to win the dirty boxing exchanges. That's Smooth. in quotes, and then Smooth tag it guy. to Jacob. Dirty boxing. All right. That's the quote of the week. Crone Gracie will win the dirty boxing exchanges from Jacob Lyons. I'm making my lock now. I'm pissed off. You should. You should. I mean, you, you want to show you have balls. That takes balls. Speaking of, next up. At UFC 288, we have Mansvar Evloyev taking on Diego Lopes in a short notice Dana step just up. came out. Bryce has hurt his back in training somehow in the last. Okay. Week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Dana yeah. Dana just uh, had a video about it. So I bet. I bet. That is, it. that is what it is. Because so Bryce Mitchell dropped, if you didn't know, Bryce Mitchell dropped a couple hours ago. We don't even have odds yet. Actually, can you see if there's odds right now, please? Um, yeah, okay. there was no odds when we started filming an hour and a half ago. And uh, Bryce Mitchell was in embedded. Back looked fine. No issues. I'm All healthy. of a sudden. I, I, great camp. Work hard this camp. <laughs> I'm healthy. I'm feeling good. Ready to take this guy. He's been disrespectful to me. Clown. <laughs> Guys, I went in on him. I went in on him on my Quick Picks video. And for him to just back out like this, this uh, is very much. Be, he was going to be, he literally was going to be my lock of the week, which was not going to be very popular, but I literally thought that he could definitely win that fight. So this I know a lot of people hate Bryce, but I, I was convinced that he was going to win that fight. He was going to be my lock of the week. And uh, now here we are Diego Lopez lock of the week. <laughs> so anyway, Mazvar Evlaev is undefeated in his career. He has six fights and 29 takedowns. In the UFC, he's taken on UFC uh, returner. He was in the uh, Contender Series in 2021, but this is the first official UFC fight. Diego Lopez or Lopes, 21 and five overall, three and two in his last five. He is on a two-fight win streak coming into this, stepping up on just a couple of days' notice. Mavsvar Evloev is 
a wrestling beast, right? He's a fantastic wrestler. He does use his striking well to set up his takedowns. He's not diving at legs. He does set his takedowns up. He does a really nice job. He'll send a long jab. He'll send a right. And he'll leave that out there. Shuck your head and then chase the leg, right? There's uh, actual wow. wrestling the takedowns here. Huh? Wow. Show it off. And get the leotard. I just did. No, I get just the leotard. Did. Throw it on. It's, I'll, get, I'll called, entertain him if you want to go put it on. It's called a singlet. You still have it though, right? No, of course Top not. Top drawer? Top drawer? Why, why would I have a singlet? It's still rubbed down from the nipple ring? <laughs> I told you my mommy ripped that out. Anyway, uh, Mozart Evelev, nasty wrestler, but he does have nice striking as well, right? He's got somewhat technical striking. It's not amazing, but his striking is there, and he can piece you up. If you go back, look at the, the Grundy fight. He was taken down a bunch of times, and... Sorry, uh, yeah. Taken down a bunch of times, but was able to win that fight with the striking exchanges. The striking is what carried him in that fight because he had no takedowns. I think Grundy whatsoever. had a total of like 11 total strikes landed. Because he was shooting desperately, but Momsvar was able to light him up on the feet. Got taken down, but I don't see that happening in this fight. He's taking on Diego Lopes. And it might be a new name, but it shouldn't be a new name because he fought... On the Contender Series, he's been floating around on the regional scene since 2012. Very experienced guy. He did lose on the Contender Series to Joe Anderson Brito. And this poor bastard had to fight Joe Anderson Brito on a Contender Series fight. And now Mansvar Evelev in an actual UFC fight. Like, that's a that's a rough stretch. Two killers for different reasons. Style-wise, he's got solid BJJ. He's mostly using that BJJ when he's in trouble, pressing against the cage, but he's a well-rounded guy, and he really loves to come forward just bombing away, throwing heavy power shots. He's chasing finishes. His striking can get wild, and then he chases those finishes, but he think, he keeps things in combinations, and he methodically works forward until he can uncork. Like, he will stay patient, working forward, and then as soon as he thinks he has his opening, he'll just bomb away like crazy. Doesn't use his wrestling too often, but it is there if he wants to. And then very, very, very slick, dangerous jujitsu. Diego Lopez is very solid. I mentioned it sucks for him that this is his UFC debut on short notice. He has beaten, you know, he can beat a lot of featherweights in the UFC, and he can actually have some success in this division, but I don't think he's going to win this fight. I think he's going to get taken down essentially at will, this is going to be a, a three-round decision because Monsvar is not dangerous, doesn't put people away. Don't bet the under on this. Um, but Monsvar, whenever these odds drop, is going to be a massive favorite, as he should be. He's going to wrestle his way to a win here. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Also, Jacob hates Monsvar. What do you think? Dream. Believe. <laughs> and make it happen. And I believe it. That's exactly what Diego can do in this fight. Listen, I'm not really a, an Evlov uh, uh hater per se obviously he's had some boring fights he's obviously a very skilled fighter but he's not dangerous i mean the, the truth of the matter is in the hands he's not dangerous in the grappling he doesn't really even have great control people do get up on him and he has been getting in some trouble you mentioned the mike grundy fight the takedowns he is susceptible to takedowns that's the reason why i had i mean it's pretty cut and dry i mean he is susceptible to takedowns bryce can take people down he's the first person to ever take Ilya down in his mma career and and bryce has incredible top control and evelov really doesn't so i figured that bryce could scramble out positions 
Giants, but I kind of see the same thing here. Now, this is a flyer, and this is going to be one of those inside-the-distance decisional action plays. I think this is one of the best places on the card because it's going to be wild. It's probably going to be plus 200, plus 300, plus 400, something like that. But this dude, Diego, does not stop, man. I mean, he is tough as shit, dangerous as shit. That, that Joe Anderson Brito fight was wild. He had almost had an arm bar, almost had him in a darse, almost had him in a knee bar. This guy is nonstop off his back, and mixing that in with the kind of lack of control that Evlov has at times, there could be some wild scrambles here, and he's slick too with the guillotines. Now, and I, I, I'm very anti-guillotine. You'll hear me on the live streams, don't pull guillotine, you're just getting up on your back. But in this situation, though, as good as Diego is on his back, his best chance to win this, I think, is a Hail Mary submission. He's got some power in his hands, but I think Evlov can stay safe on the, on the feet. He knows how to keep distance, he knows how to keep range. But I think Diego's got to pull guillotines and just try to work scrambles, and I think there is a world where he comes in short notice, tough as shit, and finds a situation where he finds that, that Hail Mary submission. So it's not a it's not going to be a great pick. It's not going to be put a, a money line pick on Diego. I'm going to pick him because I hate Evlov. You know, I am a little bit anti-Evlov, but I think that he finds that Hail Mary submission in a, in a big moment for him. A tough, I mean, he's a tough kid, man, and he's nonstop off his back. I think he finds it inside the distance decisional action. I think is a play because Evlov's not dangerous. He probably most likely is going to lose a, a boring decision, but this dude's live, man. I mean, he is nonstop off his back. Now, I think there's going to be some wild scrambles. Uh, listen, I, I I agree with everything you're saying except the pick, right? I think I agree with everything you're saying except the pick. I think Diego's tough, dangerous. The grappling's going to be sketchy. But I think we're going to get uh, a whole lot of wrestling here. Go ahead, make the stupid noise again. Oh, Parley Buster. Go ahead. Okay, so Jacob's last couple of fights. Cron Gracie's going to be the better striker, and Diego Lopez is going to win. That's that's Jacob's breakdown. I love my Brazilians. On this card. Um, anyway, uh, I'm very confident in Movar Esvalev. Evloyev. Very confident. Yes. And, make, and give me the odds. We don't know what the odds are, so what do you want to bet? I know, but whatever it is, I don't give a shit what it is. Well, we can. Well, I don't want to wait that. for them. There might be minus a thousand. I'm not betting anybody mm, minus a thousand. As confident as we once thought thirty seconds ago, huh? I'm very confident, Mozart. Right, let's bet with the odds. Oh, well, if it's oh, what are the odds? Oh, Name some odds. odds. What are the odds? Do oh. you want three to one? I'll give you three to one. I want what the odds are. It's probably going to be plus three fifty, plus four hundred, whatever it is. Why are you being a pussy? I'm very confident. In most we don't know what the odds are. Who would commit to a bet without knowing the odds? Well, Who would if I was that? very confident, I wouldn't give a shit. I don't know what they are, and I'm betting right now. You don't give a shit about anything. You're telling people to. Pick I don't know Diego. the odds either, and I'm willing Kron's to bet. He could come in at minus one or plus yeah, one fifty. Anybody's anybody's willing to bet is when you know it's going to be a massive underdog. We don't know that the guy's very dangerous. If it's minus five hundred or less, I will bet you. Okay. Uh, do you accept? Yeah, I said whatever it is. So you want to put okay. a little stipulation on it for a little baby face over there? You fucking shit stain. Tickle shits. $9,400 in DraftKings, and he's worth every penny because even though he doesn't finish anybody, the dude averages six takedowns and all the minutes of control time. I see more of that here. We on picks.com. Mike Grundy had him in a darse. That submits 90% of the people. Somebody Mike had the Grundy. best comment. Somebody had the best comment when you were doing almost, almost, almost. Okay. Diego Lopez almost won a fight that he didn't win. Congratulations. Great. Almost. This would be fun. <laughs> okay. This is going to be fun for me. You've paid me the last five times we've bet. This is going to so. be fun for me. 
I'm happy to take more. Anyway, uh, weonpicks.com. Become a premium member. It's only $10 a month. You're going to see all of Jacob's incredible bets on this card. I actually do think you're inside a distance decision. No action. When eventually, yeah, when that drops eventually. Wanna, I mean, we're trying to promote premium. And then you just like thought about just trashing all my bets sarcastically. I was going to say all your phenomenal bets are on this fight, but there are none yet because there's no odds. I'm definitely putting a fucking unit on inside the distance. I, I like that bet a lot. We, we obviously, again, the, the, there's no that's odds. Gonna, it doesn't that's exist. That's fucking plus 300, plus 350 at least. It's fucking working. Probably because the odds makers, most of ours are going to be a minus 1,000. And Diego Lopes, they're going to give him those odds. That's I mean, that's what they, you disagree that that's you what they're going to do? You think it's minus 1,000? I think it's going to be minus 450 open, push the 550. I think it's worse than that. I think it'll. I think it'll probably be minus eight, nine. There's no way. He was already Diego's a three to one clueless, favorite. Man, I mean, he's not clueless. Jesus, I hear People you. Know man. that he went the distance with the drugs. That was saying, short notice. He had him in I'm not, multiple situations. I'm, I'm not saying I would put the odds that way. I just think that's what's going to happen. Anyway, weonpicks.com become a premium member. If you're already a premium member, link your Discord so that when those props drop and Jacob hammers it, you get an alert to your phone instantly. Because that's what's going to happen. That's the beauty of linking Discord. Premium is on the website, but we do have some private Discord channels that you can unlock. But the rest of the Discord is completely free and public. So join that and uh, hang out. Weonpicks.com. Next up at UFC 288, we have Jessica Andrade taking on Jan Janan. Jessica Andrade, 24 and 10 overall, 3 and 2 in her last five. She's coming off that short notice loss. To Aaron Blanchfield. She's taking on Janan Yan, 16-3 overall, 3-2 in her last five. And she's coming off that win over Mackenzie Dern. And we all know who Jessica Andrade is, right? Former champion, contender at two different weight classes. Uh, really has only lost to some of the best people on the planet. Comes forward, likes to bully. She'll bomb away, likes to clinch, slam you to the ground, drag you to the ground. Just beat you up. She just big sisters when she wins, right? Big, she's not tall, but strong. Powerful, solid BJJ, solid wrestling, good power in her hands. She's coming off that loss to Aaron Blanchfield. She looked awful in that fight. She looked absolutely terrible in that fight. Was just throwing haymakers. Granted, if you remember, that was she fought and was it a one week? Like, did she fight and then fought the next week, or it was like in between? No, it was a little I forget. Bit. She just took it on. A, she yeah, I think. I, I think she fought. It was on January a Saturday, and February. It was two or two or three weeks. Three uh, weeks? I think it was. Weeks. She fought on a Saturday, and then the next Saturday they announced well, she'll I'm be fighting. At right now is the twenty first and the eighteenth. Okay. So anyway, when she's a bully, she beats the absolute piss out of people. When she cannot be the bully, she struggles. And she did look really bad in that Aaron Blanchfield fight, but again, quick turnaround. She's taking on Janan Yan. Janan Yan's a very good boxer. She's got well-timed strikes, clean technique, very technical. Um, She will somehow get sucked into dirty boxing fights every now and then, but for the most part, she is a technical striker who will light you up. She, you know, has done have two UFC losses. They were quality losses, Carla Esparza and then Marina Rodriguez, who's also a very technical striker we broke down. But she's pretty dominant in the UFC outside of those fights. Beat Claudia Gadea, who's very good. Carolina Kovashevitz, a few years ago. Angela Hill, who we know is very well-rounded. And she likes to keep fights standing, outstrike her opponents. And I keep going 50-50 in this fight. I literally have picked both sides. Like, I I do my notes, and I'm like, Jessica's... I gotta go with Jessica. She's gonna be more powerful, higher-level experience. 
should just be able to tough this to the ground. And if you get Janan to the ground, you can have success. And then I like watch the fight and it's like, man, but Janan is so technical. And Jessica looked so terrible in her last fight. Janan can just touch her up, jab, dance around, keep her at bay. So I, I really am like 50-50 down the middle. I don't know what to do here. If I have to if I have to make a pick, which I know I do, it's going to be Jessica Andrade because I think she may be able to drag Janan to the ground. And then there is going to be a big gap there if she's able to do that. But if this stays standing and she looks like she did in her last fight, which I don't expect because that was short notice, Janan's going to light her up. So super razor thin close fight. And if you're even considering Jan Janan, that's incredible value at plus 185. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably, I guess, considered a, a Jessica Andrade hater for, for whatever reason, but I, how I, could I, you I hate her she... when she looked absolutely amazing against Aaron Blanchfield? She looked amazing in that fight. Fucking uh, terrible. Okay. Take that. Um, in. Sorry. I, no, I, and I would say that even her wins, when you look at them, they don't really hold up. And, and I mean, she, she beat Caitlin Chukajian. It's like, okay, well we know, and I'm a Caitlin hater as well. So. Um, we know that that is what it is. Cynthia Calvillo, I mean, we know her, what she is now, so that doesn't really hold up. Amanda Lemos was that weird, just kind of fluke head and arm against the cage. I think Amanda would have knocked her out if, if, if it stayed standing. That's a little, little bit of a fluke win there. And then Lauren Murphy. Anyone that has decent striking has just kind of lit her up. Way Lee finished her. Rose in the rematch uh, was beating her up. It was a close fight, but was beating her up at times in that fight. Shevchenko beat her up. Aaron Blanchfield is a wrestler. Yes, that was short notice. Yes, it was up and weight. Aaron Blanchfield is a wrestler. She's a decent wrestler, but her striking is not great. And in the first round of that fight, what Angela was alluding to was lighting Andrade up. Yes, Andrade is going to have her moments because she just kind of blitzes forward and she's going to land power. But Blanchfield was lighting her ass up. And Blanchfield not is not according a, to Mr. Savage. Mr. And, and, Savage and Blanchfield is, is not a, a, a good striker. If you watch that first round, I mean, was snapping Andrade's head back. Andrade is basically like just chase, trying to chase her down very, very wildly. If she does that, brings that same game plan in against Jan, she's going to get absolutely picked apart. I believe that Andrade is kind of that old school fight style, right? And that and that's been working for a long time, right? I mean, it was almost like the like the chocolate. I mean, all, all these guys that just kind of blitz forward and just kind of bully you. And she's been doing that, especially at 115, where this is fights at. But as people are getting better those fight styles are kind of going out of the way you're just going to get beat up on those entries by technical strikers and Jan has been an underdog in like her last three fights she was a my or a pl- like a plus 250 plus 275 underdog against Marina and came in and really went toe-to-toe with one of the best strikers pure strikers in the division and you have to remember too that she is in that same camp as she's with Uriah Faber, the same camp as uh, Team Affamel with, with Song Yudong and we saw how sharp Song Yudong was looking uh, against Ricky Simone. And I think this matchup is pretty much the same. Ricky Simone needs pressure. He needs to get you against the fence. He needs the takedown. Song Yudong, that was like a, a sparring match for him. He was so ready and so confident for everything that Ricky Simone was going to bring. I think the exact same thing happens here. Jan is going to come in with the footwork. It's going to be a lot of Jessica chasing, chasing, chasing. But Jan is so good with her footwork and it's getting even better. She was completely embarrassed and, and demoralized by that Carla Esparza fight. Was completely dominated and she said, 
said, I'm not going to let it happen again. She went, she's worked on it. You saw the Song Yudong make those same improvements, was getting out wrestled. Now he's having no issues with it. Yana is improving fast. I think she is one of those girls that can really make a, some noise in the division with her striking. I think she's the better striker than Andrade. Yes, she's going to have the power, but she's not really knocking people out these days. I mean, Cynthia, Caitlin, I mean, that is what it is. But I think Yana kind of picks her apart on the, on, on the entries, and this is a, a bad look for Andrade. Obviously, if she gets the fight to the ground, she can probably control it, but uh, I think Jan picks her apart. It's mostly striking, and, and she's the better striker. I think Jan wins this fight. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you. I told you I was back and forth. The only reason I ultimately leaned Jessica is I do think she gets a few takedowns. But very quickly, just to revisit this, I'm a very petty, small person. Mr. Savage 9000 said, Dude, what are you talking about? Directed towards me. Jessica won the first round and pieced Blanchfield up. She looked amazing. Okay. First of all, I have the short cards pulled up here. She lost the first round. She literally, literally lost the first round on the judges' scorecards, okay? So that's an incorrect statement from you. Then if we just look at the stats, Aaron Blanchfield landed more strikes in the first round, landed more significant strikes in the first round, 32 strikes to the head compared to 22 from Jessica, landed, I mean, more strikes at distance, had the higher clinch work. I mean, and that's in the, it, it's just a joke. It's just an absolute joke. People just say stupid shit and they're not held accountable because they're not on video every week doing it day in and day out. That's anyway, the guy that uh, was giving you shit about the height. What? The height on the, whatever. Who was it? What fight was it? No, that was Ernie. Ernie was like, what's the height difference? Literally. No, we have a this was last week when he said somebody's going to be higher. I was Norman Damond or something like that. Somebody's taller than your stats say, and you were like, oh, but my stats are right. And turns out she was shorter. Okay. Well, so he, turns he out he, he was dead wrong. Damage scores more. Dude, he lost, she lost the fucking she, first she round, literally man. Lost. She it, literally your lost. Score, hey, right your scorecards don't fucking matter. It doesn't matter what you think. It's what the fucking judges think. Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, she, she lost. won the... No, she didn't. No, she didn't. No, it's... it's uh, we're uh, we're aligned here in that we think it's a super close fight. You ultimately leaned Janan because of the superior striking, which I completely agree with. I'm leaning Jessica because I think she'll squeak out a couple of takedowns and uh, just bully. But happy for Yanan to win. Plus 184 is insane value there. I mean, if if you're considering Yanan to win, I mean, the, the money you're going to get on that is absolutely phenomenal. She fights like, I, when I was watching that fight, I went and re-watched the Marina Rodriguez fight today for different reasons. <laughs> and, um, Damn it. and she fights like Song Yudong. I mean, the way she fights and like bouncy in and out, the footwork. Um, I think it's going to look like the same like that Ricky Simone fight. Yeah, it's going to be... Uh, this should actually be a really fun fight. Uh, Jessica Andrade is always in fun fights, and Jan Janan's a very good striker, so this should be a fun fight as well. So, um, yeah, I'm surprised to see the Andrade quick turnaround like this, but she lost by submission, so it's not like she... Uh, it's not like she has issues with her chin or anything like that, but either way, it should be a good fight. Tons and tons of value on Janan, and that line continues to move. Next up at UFC 288, we have the new co-main event. We got Bilal Muhammad taking on Gilbert Burns. If you remember, this fight was just put together just a few weeks ago. This is short notice for both of these men. Neither one of them were scheduled to fight at all. And then they popped onto this card. Gilbert Burns Gilbert Burns making a quick turnaround a couple of weeks. Uh, Bilal Muhammad had literally nothing on the horizon as far as uh, that was public at least. 
and they threw this fight together. And honestly, can, good good for both of them because Bilal had nothing. And all of a sudden, like, yeah, I'll fight. And not only that, it takes a really tough fight when he could just sit and wait and potentially be you know, right there for a title talk. So he's not choosing to play it safe. They literally Gilbert both Burns, called each other's bluff. Both of these yeah. guys are like, I'll fight anyone anytime. And they both said, oh, I bet you won't. And the other one's like, I bet I will. And then it's like, oh, shit, we're fighting. And then, oh, yeah, yeah. we're fighting five fucking rounds, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. Yeah, why is it five rounds? <laughs> just Why would they do that? It's just, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's not for anything and it's short notice for both of them. Why the hell would they make this a five round fight? It's so out, stupid. It's so stupid. Anyway, Bilal Muhammad, 22 and three overall, four and one in his last five. And he's coming off the striking win over Sean Brady. He's taking on Gilbert Burns, 22 and five overall, three and two in his last five, coming off the win over George Masvidal just a few weeks ago. Bilal Muhammad, before his last fight, was a wrestling beast. Just non-stop wrestling. Not everybody wants to make fun of him. He's boring. He's this. He's that. But that dude comes forward working hard, looking to win fights. Racks up control time. Throws his hands in your face. Works towards your legs. Gets the takedowns. Controls from there. Was never really a dangerous guy, but always a busy guy continuing to work forward. In his last fight, all of a sudden, he's dangerous. He's just absolutely touched up Sean Brady. Didn't attempt a single takedown. Didn't need it. He dismantled Sean Brady on his feet and was good to go. Stuck with that game plan. Got him out of there. Taking on Gilbert Burns. We know Gilbert. He's a 155-pounder that moved up to 170. Kept all of his... Actually, not kept. Somehow manages to have power, even though he's sort of up in weight. He is a grappler first, but he has nice offensive takedowns. Fuck, I need water. He has nice offensive takedowns. He's not just uh, a jujitsu nerd or anything like that. He's got power in his hands. Not the most technical striker, but is a powerful guy who will come forward. Is super tough. Personally, I think Bilal Muhammad wins this fight. And I think it's because I know what I'm going to get with Bilal. He's going to come forward. He's going to shoot. He's going to come forward. He's going to shoot. He's going to come forward. He's going to shoot. He didn't shoot on Sean Brady because he didn't need to shoot on Sean Brady. He didn't shoot on Damian Maya because he didn't need to shoot on Damian Maya. The difference between Sean Brady... Sean Brady, Damian Maia, and Gilbert Burns is, while all three of them are phenomenal at jiu-jitsu, Sean Brady and Damian Maia use their jiu-jitsu off their back. They will make things happen off their back. Gilbert Burns, yes, very good at jiu-jitsu. And everybody's like, why didn't Kamzat take him down? Kamzat refused to take him down because of his jiu-jitsu. No, he didn't. Kamzat was just trying to strike with Having him. Having fun. Yeah, and then when his he wanted to like, wrestle. was like, take him down, take him down. And Kamzat yeah. was like, nah, no thanks. Yeah, it had nothing to do with he was afraid of Gilbert Burns' jiu-jitsu because, yes, Gilbert Burns is, a, is a, a black belt, and yes, he's submitting people, but not off of his back. Show me Gilbert Burns on his back in a fight doing anything meaningful. So I think Bilal Muhammad's going to win this fight because I think he'll get the takedowns, and while we all love Gilbert Burns, I don't think he's going to have much to offer off of his back. And that's sort of the breakdown. I mean, it's just that simple. Gilbert Burns has all the power, could knock out Bilal, but I think I just I think we can trust Bilal to just dive at legs, get a takedown, and then hang out on top. And Gilbert's not going to really have anything to offer. And last week, couple of short notice fights, both of the short notice guys won. That was incredible. We almost never see that. But these people making these two, three week turnarounds have not been successful in the past. Just off the top of my mind, we talked about Jessica Andrade, Terrence McKinney when he almost put out Drew Dober, like. These people that come back super quick to save a card, to jump in right after fighting, uh, Chris Curtis, 
when he went over to fight Jack Hermanson, it doesn't really work out for them. So I think that's working against Gilbert as well. But Bilal's short notice. Ramadan could potentially be a thing, but he uh, he beat Luke during Ramadan. No issues whatsoever. What do you think, Jake? I thought you were about to say he beat leukemia. On, I was like, what the fuck is this? It looks like it. Is that? But uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, obviously everyone knows if you don't know, I am a Bilal hater. When it comes to being a Bilal hater, that just means him as a fighter. He's a pretty funny dude. And he seems like a great guy outside the outgun. So I don't want to get twisted like I just hate the guy. But I hate his fighting style. A lot of people do because he can be boring. I, I was very high on Sean Brady. I was very, very high on Sean Brady going to that fight because I thought it was going to be a grappling affair. And I thought Sean Brady was going to be able to win those grappling exchanges. Turns out... Bilal got with Khabib, learned how to throw a jab, and just beat Sean Brady with a jab. But we now know that that entire camp is complete frauds in the striking department. And Sean Brady is not a good striker. And yes, Bilal was piecing him up, but he's not a good striker. But if you rewatch that fight, and yes, yes, I know Sean got, he got TKO'd, and he got finished in the second round. But in that first round of that fight, even with Bilal controlling the distance, controlling pressure, Sean Brady was landing some good shots. I mean, he landed four or five shots that if, if Gilbert is landing those same shots, it is going to be night-night for a guy like Below Muhammad. And Below Muhammad needs to be the pressure guy. He needs to be the guy moving forward. For the takedowns, he needs to be moving forward. He needs to get you against the cage and then work the takedowns from there. For his striking, he needs to be moving forward, working the jab, working the jab. Gilbert Burns is not going to let him be the one moving forward. I mean, Gilbert Burns in every single one of his fights is the guy that is moving forward. He's going to be crowding the wrestler. The jab isn't going to be there. Below is going to be circling away. The last guy that did that and kind of picked him apart was Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards absolutely was just embarrassing this guy Below Muhammad in the striking. And I believe Gilbert Burns can just kind of pressure this guy forward and land those big shots that you've seen and maybe use some offensive wrestling as well because Gilbert has really, really cleaned up. His, his He used to be kind of just that jiu-jitsu guy, but his offensive wrestling is good. His top control is good. His takedown defense is good. So if he's just moving forward against Blow Muhammad, Blow Muhammad is not going to have the space to shoot those takedowns. He's not shooting takedowns and getting them against Gilbert Burns off his back foot. He, he's not that good, and Gilbert Burns is so high level that those kind of takedowns are not going to work. He's got to be the one moving forward, and maybe he's able to get respect early with the hands. Maybe he does get that jab pumping. Maybe he stings him a little bit, and then he can control it. If he is up on top, yes, he can win this fight. If he can, he can have top control, and win this fight. But Gilbert Burns is going to be the one pressuring him in this fight. He's going to be able to touch him. He's going to be able to maybe mix in some takedowns on his own. And Gilbert Burns is going to control this fight and, and win this fight. I'm, I'm pretty high on Gilbert Burns. I think he's a, just a bad matchup for Below. He probably does beat most of the guy in the division because he can't out wrestle him. I don't think he can out wrestle Gilbert, and, uh, and therefore he's going to lose. Yeah, it's funny. The chat is so split on this fight. Oops. The chat is so split on this fight. Like, nobody nobody is agreeing. What the hell? Oh, I did these out of order. Oh, well. Um, nobody agrees. And and it's so funny watching people argue in the chat because it's never like, oh, I understand your point, but you're an idiot. You don't know anything. Bilal sucks. He's going to get knocked out. Oh, Gilbert Burns is the, the worst fighter that's ever existed. He got knocked out by 145-pound Dan Hooker. Nobody, nobody's reasonable. I'm going to be reasonable with you. Gilbert Burns could absolutely win this fight. Of course he could win this fight. It's very possible. Gilbert I'll Burns be is... with you. Blah Muhammad cannot win this fucking fight. <laughs> and you're an idiot, so... You genuinely believe Bilal can't win this fight? Because the line awful. movement says... The line movement says otherwise. That guy's awful. You're not worried about... Sean Brady. It's like, wow, congratulations. That can't He doesn't... Sucks. I'm not... Who's, who's talking about his striking? I didn't mention his striking once in why I think he would win. Not one time. Well, I'm just talking Not to one time. the general public. It's more okay. than you watch well, this video. Okay. Um, not really. Our viewership's pretty bad. Um, well, we're split. I'll bet this fight, even money, 100 bucks. Okay. Look at this guy. All right. 
don't want to take the. Uh, I guess you could take the. Never mind. You idiot. Hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to really like. Thank God I stopped myself because I was really about to be like, oh, look at this guy. Yeah. All of a sudden, the odds don't matter. Yeah, uh, hundred dollars yeah, even. That's fine. I heard it going, and I'm like, okay, fine. Force <laughs> me into go. taking the odds, you dumb go. bastard. <laughs> so, um, all right. 100 bucks on this fight. We'll be watching it live together. I'll be sure to record your reaction. And while you hand me the money, bring cash. It's better for the video. Um, but I'm not going to die on my shield. Gilbert Burns could absolutely win this fight, landing a big shot. I just think Bilal's going to be diving at legs, and that's going to be a problem. For Dorino, 8,800, it's five rounds. And it's almost even money. You got to have... I think you got to have your side here. If Bilal wins this fight, he's going to score a gazillion points with takedowns and control time. And if Gilbert wins this fight, it's probably stoppage, right? Hope so. So, DraftKings probably a safe play. And Gilbert cut uh, his hair, by the way, which is unfortunate. It was wild that it grew out like a straight-up afro. Good for him. It's it wild. It's cut now. Well... I thought on, he was going to grow it out and braid it. If he had, imagine he with braids in. Holy shit, that would look incredible, dude. Sean Braid, Gilbert Brazilian. Burns with fucking braids. Oh my God, that would be terrifying. That's what I thought a he was going to do. A Brazilian oh. Sean O'Malley. Oh, but um, That would have been incredible. Anyway, wewantpicks.com. Just click become a member. It's $10 a month. Unlock literally everything. All our bets, all our picks. Artem's bets. Artem's picks for all events, including the huge 1FC fight card on Friday. DraftKings Optimizer, DraftKings Plays, Fantasy Prop Games, all oh, of the things. And we for forgot to mention a month. Bilal's uh, main training partner for this camp, which I think we need to we need to mention. Go ahead, Jessica Pena. Same camp, and we Pena. know how high level she is. Yeah, Pena. Juliana Pena. You mean? Oh, why did I say Jessica Pena? Yeah, you uh, said yeah, Jessica Pena, Pena, and then yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. About the same level. <laughs> Next up at UFC 288, we have the main event of the evening. We have a fight that has been in the works. We've been doing it for two hours. Your fat ass dog getting its second second meal. Actually, that's less than two hours. It's 159. Time is a little off. Anyway, Aljamain Sterling taking on Henry Cejudo. This fight has been developing for, what, over a year now? Something like that. And it's actually awesome that it finally came together. We got... Current champion Aljamain Sterling, 22-3 and overall, 5-0 and in his last five. He is riding an eight-fight win streak. He's taking on Olympian Henry Cejudo, 16-2 and overall, 5-0 and in his last five. Coming back after three years away, and he didn't lose. He left as high as he did. Two-division champ left. Literally left, vacated both belts at the same time. It was incredible. And I'm a huge Henry incredible. Cejudo fan. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. Henry Cejudo fan. I've been following Henry Cejudo's career long before he was in the UFC. Well, anyway. Nerd. <laughs> okay. That's more of a Henry, nerd thing than opening cards. Sure Can is. I follow wrestling. You're right. You actually invited a, me over to watch like the college. You want to come over and watch the college wrestling national championships? F- fucking no. <laughs> okay. Cool. No, you're too cool. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Awesome. Keep this moving. 
Henry Cejudo, as everybody knows, Triple C, because he's an Olympian and then has two belts in the UFC. Triple C, triple champ. And that's what he is. He's a phenomenal wrestler. He's a champion. He figures out how to make things work. He also has very good striking, right? He put out a couple of people before he left, retired. Before he was gone, he was knocking people out. Clean striking, fast um, became dangerous later in his career, and obviously, as we know, an incredible wrestler. He's taking on Aljamain Sterling. Aljamain Sterling, not an incredible wrestler, right? He gets takedowns, he backpacks people, but he's not an incredible wrestler. Aljamain Sterling, Aljamain Sterling's striking, just okay. He's actually turned into more of a striker as of late in his career. He's got that sort of long, sort of in and out striking style he does a good job with his footwork good job managing range why are you making a face he likes to come in and out like this saying that aljo is turning into a, a striker if you look at his stats and if you look at his career he started as just wrestle 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 and then in his last three four fights wrestling isn't game plan number one okay fuck off you do your breakdown in a second stupid muppet he has eight takedowns in his three title fights, including three against Jan, five against TJ. And that's because TJ had one arm and it was very easy to get him to the ground. And that's the problem with Aljamain Sterling. There's an asterisk next to every single one of these wins. He played up the knee, faked an injury, faked the illegal knee, whatever it was, to win the belt. Then won a what a lot of people think was a controversial decision. Then he just beat a dude with one arm. Obviously, not his fault. He went out there, beat the shit out of him. He's not a judge, so it's not his fault if you think he got a bad decision. But there's an asterisk next to every single one of his wins. I love Henry Cejudo. I want Henry Cejudo to win this fight. But to ignore three years away is troublesome. And, you know that, have you seen that handshake video floating around? What are you going to say? Aljo is so big. He's fucking huge, dude. He's, He's a white fucking boy. huge. He's a okay. Boy. Great. Okay, fine. I didn't He's absolutely... Oh, well, yeah. I mean, because I'm not trying to... Like, and he does it well. Like, he's absolutely tremendous. And Henry Cejudo might have a little bit of trouble. So I think Aljamain Sterling is going to win this fight. I want Henry Cejudo to win this fight. I would love for Henry Cejudo to win this fight. I will be rooting for Henry Cejudo. But I think Aljamain Sterling is going to be too big. He's been too active. And I think... You know, stepping in there for the first time in three years, immediately into a title shot to literally the biggest person in this division, the biggest person he's ever fought. I think he's going to look a little slower. I think he's going to, you know, the timing's going to be a little off. Henry Cejudo's fight IQ is absolutely through the roof, so I hope he puts that together. Aljamain's the pick, but everything, I want I want Cejudo to win big time. What do you think? Let me just first start by saying I'm not an Aljo hater. I think Angelo knows as well. I'm not. I, I picked Aljo to win both the Piotr Jan fights. And I am. So right. And I, I picked Aljo my... to win both the, the Piotr Jan fights. Exactly what we did. I also picked Leon to win both the Uzma fights. The only person in the world to go four in a row on those picks. So I'm not an Aljo hater. I like Aljo. Um, he's, he's a great guy, and he's definitely got skills. I mean, on the ground, he is an absolute animal, and that's why I picked him against Piotr Jan. I thought he could— 
he he could get the takedowns that he didn't get in the first round in the second fight, and that's exactly what happened. But as a as a striker, he is just very lackluster. I mean, he is he's, he's not super tactical. They 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 like to say, and even in the in the breakdowns and in the lead up, he's an or, unorthodox striker. Aljo is unorthodox. Yeah, that just striking. means you suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that just means you don't know what the hell you're doing. And, and it's not even like he throws wild stuff with power. Everything is pillow fisted. The kicks are kind of weird. It's kind of half ass kicks against Piotr Jan in that first fight, especially he was doing like wild spinning stuff and just falling down after he's striking. It was embarrassing. I mean, Henry Sudo is is the better striker in this matchup. I don't think there's any question about that. If you're arguing that, I think you're just, I don't know what you're watching. If I could copy and paste the Henry Cejudo from three years ago and drop him into this fight, I think he dominates. I think 100%. he absolutely dominates his fights. I, I think that he there's no threat in the offensive wrestling from Aljo, and he just absolutely dominates the striking exchanges. But three years off is a red flag. Physically, he looks fantastic. You see him in the embeddeds. I mean, he looks fantastic physically, and it seems like he's been training for a year for this fight. It's what he says. He's been coaching me. He's been training ready for a fight. So it's not like this was, you know, six weeks ago. Oh, I'm coming back and now I'm going to fight. And I'm going to try and make it all work in six weeks, 12 weeks, whatever it is. So he has been training. So I think physically he's going to be fine. But at 36, sometimes you do slow down. I think he can win the striking exchanges, and Aljo's takedowns, to me, aren't good enough to take down a guy like Cejudo. So I'm going Cejudo in this matchup. I think Aljo, with his takedowns, he's not a, an explosive double leg. He's not an explosive single and then and then cut the angle and this and that. He, he gets the single, he drives you to the fence, and he works you from there. It's methodical, right? And he works. I mean, he can get takedowns against other people, you know, the trips and this and that. But against a guy such high level in Cejudo, I just don't think he can get the takedowns. But... Weird things happen. Cejudo has that, that that karate style that he goes to. He throws a lot of kicks. He has great leg kicks. If all of a sudden a leg kick's caught, there's a scramble, something weird happens on the ground, and Aljo gets this dude back, of course he can submit this guy. Of course he can backpack this guy and submit this guy. If he gets, I mean, he can submit anybody almost in the UFC probably. Aljo is very good on the ground and is a submission threat at all times. So, yes, if there's a weird scramble, Aljo ends up on his back. He can submit this guy. But as far as just coming in, shooting a takedown, taking him down, I just don't see that path to victory for Aljo because I think his takedowns are very, very overrated and too methodical for a guy as high level as Henry. So I think this is mostly striking, and Henry is the way better striker in this matchup. But I fully understand the threat that Aljo possesses if there is a weird scramble on the ground. So I'm going Henry Cejudo in this matchup. Um, I, I, I like Aljo. Uh, I might even be rooting for Aljo, even though I have my bets. I, I kind of hedged it in the way. Premium members know what it is. I got a big bet on uh, Henry Cejudo this week, and uh, I think he gets it done. I'm not surprised that he flipped to the favorite. I got him when he was a dog. He's a favorite now. We'll see how it plays out. Closing odds. Yeah, listen, I um, I agree with everything in that, except I think Aljamain can get the takedowns, but not not clean takedowns in the middle of the cage. I think he can get Henry against the cage and literally just big brother pick him. Literally I, can pick him up. I, I agree just with pick that. Him up. that. He is so big that maybe he does yeah. just kind of muscle him. Maybe he does just muscle him to the ground. But he can. Um, he can just. He can straight up pick him up. You put you wrap your hands around the butt. Just pick, what's Henry's going to do? No, I pick watched a TikTok of that when somebody grabs you around the back like this, and they're trying to pick you up. You spread your legs and you make your base. So you're, you're doing like this, and they have their arms around like this. And with like that, they can pick you up. But if you spread your legs, boom, and make your base. And then what you do is, I think you lean into a way, and you can scoop that person's leg, and then you take them down like this. So don't be surprised if you see Henry, Henry if he's in that kind of like seatbelt body lock. You, you make your base like this with the legs. You duck the shoulder under. <laughs> And then you you take and you slam. So that would be my advice for Henry. I saw it on TikTok. 
Congratulations. They're real solid. Or you could just hook the leg and not get lifted. Anyway, I think he gets picked up no, against the kid. Yeah, they have you trapped like this. You hook your the leg with your with your foot, you muppet. No, you make, you make your base. That's how you don't get thrown. You literally just... Yeah, you make your base. That's how you don't get picked up. Anyway. I, what an absolute fucking shit show. Um, we're on opposite sides, but I think we both agree this is a super close fight. DraftKings, you get the very rare split down the middle, 8,100. You, you almost never see that. That's very, very rare. Um, so pick your side. It's five rounds, and I imagine... You know, it's five rounds of two little guys. There's going to be some scoring here. I don't think it's going to be pitter-patter strikes. I do think there's some level of wrestling, either from Henry or from Aljamain. I think Aljamain, personally, is going to bully against Cage, get the takedowns. Jacob thinks that that won't happen, and Henry's going to light him up on his feet, which could happen. And I completely agree with your statement where you said, if this was Henry from three years ago, this isn't even close. Henry from three years ago, this should be minus 300, but it's not. What's up? Um, and, and a lot of people, and I've seen this before that, oh, Henry's just doing this for the money. He's just doing this for the money. This and that. I believe Henry, when he comes out and says, listen, I want to come out and and, and put my name on the record books. I want to be like Jordan. I want to be this. I want to be known as the greatest of all time. He's a, he's a lifelong competitor, man. And you don't lose that burn. And I think this is a a competition thing for him. And obviously the money's good. I mean, he's going to get paid for it. You know what it is, what it is, but, um, I, I, he's just such a competitor. I, I believe that this truly is a uh, a competitive fighter. He's not just doing it for the money. No, I don't think so. And, and he's got incredible fight IQ. Somebody said he's one of the best coaches out there right now, and he absolutely is. Look at the people coming out of his gym. John Jones, for fuck's sake. Obviously, he you know, didn't make funny. John Jones who he is, but... Well, well it's funny because he actually worked John Jones. There's t- video of him working through that exact same position that Ghana was in. He's like, you know, you don't need to do this. Just do this. And that's how John won the fight. But the interesting part is, and yeah, you mentioned he worked with Figgy, he worked with Wei Li. Um, who, who was the other one? He was working with, with Gaslam too, right? Or was I think he was working. Yeah, he did. He with Ga- yeah, Gaslam yeah. was looking great. But it's funny because John Jones won that fight and thanked everyone except for Henry. And Hen- I think Henry was a big part of, of that camp and game planning and stuff. He literally thanked everyone except for Henry. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. funny. What an asshole. Anyway, uh, you know our sides. Uh, you know how we feel. Let us know how you feel in the comment section. Oh, Jerry. Uh, like- Another one, yeah. Well, his arm's fucked. Anyway. Become a premium member. It's only $10 a month. You'll get literally everything you could ever imagine. We do pretty well on pay-per-views. We're up 23%, 23% net profit for every pay-per-view this year. That's 29.9 units of net profit. If a unit for you is $10, we're not even halfway through the year. We're only five months into the year, and you would have $299. If a unit was $10, you'd have $299. Congratulations to you. Pay-per-views have done well for us. I imagine this one will be more of the same. But it's not just copy-paste bets. We have tools. We have the line movement tracker. There are two different fights on this card. Open as big underdogs, closing as big favorites. And that movement, whether lines are closing, lines are widening, that is very insightful movement to give you ideas or give you... Honestly, a lot of what we do is tell you who to stay away from. The reason we made money at UFC Vegas 72 is because we avoided the landmines. We were not overly committed to any of those favorites that lost. There was a lot of favorites that lost this past week. And the line movement tracker can help you do that as well. The trends tend to be pretty accurate. We also have all sorts of other data and analysis and metrics and interactive charts and things like that to help you find your spots. 
And it's not just us. We also have Artem. Artem is breaking down Artem. fights, giving detailed shrimp on the barbie. He's from New Zealand, not Australia. Uh, detailed breakdowns on non-UFC fights as well. He has a whole huge, ridiculous write-up on one FC, which is Friday. He's doing Cage Warriors. He's doing LFA. He's doing Bellator, PFL, all of these other organizations where there are always very nice spots to be had. And if you sign up for premium, use his code Artem so that he gets paid. Dingo ain't me, baby. We accept credit cards. And if you want 50 bucks, I will send you $50. WeWantPicks.com slash bet. Sign up with any one of our betting partners using our links. Make a deposit. I send you 50 bucks as a thank you. Jakey Boy, any last words? Friday night, the big pack opening. We got some more packs to open as well. But this one, this one, we're looking for the, apparently the Hasbula cards that could be in this box are going for 25, 50, 100,000 fucking dollars. That's not even a joke, Angelo. Isn't that a joke? But it's not a joke. joke. So if we pull one of those Friday night, we're going for some helicopter dig. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well. Join Jacob on Friday. I mean, I don't know how you're all going to tell your amazing wives and girlfriends, but join Jacob Cinco on de Cinco de Mayo Friday maybe night. I get a, maybe he... I get some Modelos, huh? I just, I, I, anything to make you happy, bud. Anything? I already hit end. <laughs>